Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Man, I'm thrilled to the moon. Just happy as I could be, Phil. Woo. I'm here and it is now. Oh yes. <laughs> After a week off, people, we are back. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Uh I'm Corey Kingston. Sipping tea over there. Yeah, not coffee. Not coffee. Herbal you would tea. give me a hard time every single week for not drinking coffee it's, because I was drinking tea. And now I'm drinking coffee and you're drinking tea. What has happened? I was just trying to figure out why you were so sick. I was drinking tea. But you were sick. Yeah, but I was trying to drink tea to help me. <laughs> I was just kidding. And this is herbal tea, fool. <laughs> so it's not caffeinated. No caffeine. Oh, boy. Are we going to have tired Phil? No. I'm great. You're normal, Phil? Yeah. Okay. I did it, Corey. Why, though? You, you gotta live. You didn't think I could do it, but I did it. You gotta live, Phil. I'm living. This is peppermint bark tea. It's <laughs> <is> so good. <laughs> it's like the yuppiest thing you've ever said. <laughs> really? Why is that yuppie? Herbal teas are, are yuppie? I don't know anymore. I'm just trying to get amped. I'm amped. I feel great. Well. I weaned myself off. In in five days, it's been like it's been over a week. Did you cold turkey it? No, I, it's it took me about a week, week and a half, really, of, of gradual weaning. That is, it. dude, you have so much buildup from drinking like fifteen cups of coffee a day for years. I I haven't had any caffeine in like five days, and I'm fine. No headaches. Nope. No fogginess. No, not anymore. There, the first couple of days were a little. I weaned myself, so. I mean, before I would drink like upwards of, I would drink like three or more cups of coffee a day. Oh my gosh. No, we're talking like Trenta cups of coffee. Sometimes. Oh boy. It, it would fluctuate. Anyway, I drink a lot of coffee and, um, but it, they wouldn't really have any effect after the, like I, once I'd had like three cups, additional cups didn't really do anything. You I know? see. That would turn my stomach inside out. Um, but yeah, I just started, I went to like two cups. And then one cup, and then black no tea. Cups. Wow. And then uh, two cups of green spread out, because green tea has less caffeine. Mm-hmm. And then one cup of green, and then none. Dang. And I did not have any headaches. The f- I was, um, during this process, I was probably a little more irritable. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't have a show last week, too. <laughs> Gosh. I was probably more irritable, and I was a little foggy the first couple of days, but I feel great now. Dang, James Brown. It's yeah, I, I feel good. <laughs> um, I'm I'm excited. All I'm not right. saying I'm not ever going to drink coffee. Um, that's what I heard. No, you weren't. That's because you don't listen to me, <laughs> fool. Who says you're not irritable? I'm worried. I'm very worried. I no. I said I just want to lose the the critical dependency where I have to have it, or I'm like some kind of savage beast yeah like now right. i can, i like being able to get up and not feel like i need to immediately get caffeine yeah. in me to be a functioning adult i i'm still at that part that moment of like i don't need coffee i don't need it most of the time it hurts my stomach a little bit well, that's and it, good. it sends me through the roof with like like i feel so much energy i can't contain it i mean it's good that you don't need it it's nice that when you do need it yeah 
it jacks you up. Yeah, that's yeah. What, that's all I want. So I, I just wanted to actually do something when I drink. Yeah, it. I'm not the guy that wakes up, you know, early and immediately drinks coffee before I drink water. Like the first thing I do is drink water, and um, that normally gives me a jolt of energy, like a big glass of water, sometimes two. It's true. I was probably really dehydrated on average. Yeah, I can't drink coffee first things first. I mean, I know there's water in coffee, <laughs> but it's a yeah. diuretic. Yeah, yeah. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, I, I just like today. I know the show's coming up. Had to get work done. I want to go to the gym after this, and so I'm like, I need some coffee. You're gonna get swole. Yeah. Like Sergio. Like swole? I don't do New Year's resolutions, but I'm trying to get back in that gym full. Like Sergio jacked? No. I'm not going to get huge because I'm going to continue cycling. So that's just going to, I just don't want to have like a lot of body fat. Oh. Um, so I got it. Like I've been sick. I've been sick. You guys know I've been coughing on the air. My voice sounds hoarse still. It's still there. Um, mm-hmm. So I haven't been on my bike in six weeks, seven weeks. That's crazy. It is and crazy. today I woke up 630 like, oh man. Oh, oh. And I was laying in bed like, no, nah, it ain't time yet. Come on. Go back to sleep. Seven rolls around. I'm like, looks like I'm getting up. And then I was like, it was like 48 degrees outside this morning. <clears throat> Which is really cold for San Diego. Freezing for us. And I know it's, it's freezing nothing for other places. So but... I was like, bike ride? And I'm like, I ain't going out in that freezing cold and freaking spandex. <laughs> so I decided against that. And I was like, well, maybe I go to the gym. By the time I decided that. This is a weird thing is I know for sure I had enough energy to go to the gym this morning, but I was like, I can't go to the gym this early. That's crazy. And I'm like fighting against myself. I shouldn't do that. I should just take the bull by the horns and do it. Yeah. So I watched this YouTube video about this guy has a rule of twos where he won't allow himself to not work out or he only allow, he, he only, he won't allow himself to take a day off from working out or doing some form of exercise unless he does at least two days in a row. So if he does two days in a row, then he, he, he could take a day off and not do it. And huh. so I think that's pretty reasonable for me to do. seems pretty attainable. Yeah. I, and like, he's like, once you get past like, okay, I can do two days. I can, um, <laughs> you can do like, did you want to do more days? Is what I'm trying to say. So I'm going to try that. I don't do new year's resolutions, but I just feel like I feel better now. And it just happens to be around the new year. And so I'm like, well, I don't want to be one of those fools that's like, it's a new year. I'm getting in the gym. Because like, that never works for me. And it's, I think that's stupid. Yeah. Just if you want to do something, do it. And I've been like, man, I want to get better so I can get back to my exercise routine. And so yeah. anyways, let's get into all that jazz later. We got a great show yeah. for you. We're just, we just come in hot just talking, you know, and like... Like, what, are we do, what are we doing? A podcast here? Um, has been a while, Phil. Yeah, took two weeks off or a week off. Yeah, a week off. Uh, this is the last show of 2019. We're gonna take some weeks off, guys. Damn yeah. show's coming up, bro. Supercross starts next week. Oh boy, no one cares. No, no one cares. Boring. No, it is not. People I am driving s- around on their bicycles. <laughs> They're motorized bicycles. Oh, I can't wait, Phil. Going off the big old muddy jumps. (laughs) (laughs) You so much sound like a person that doesn't know what it is. I do not. What is it? Is is that not what it's like? That's pretty much what it is. (laughs) 
I don't know why I love it so much, but season starts Saturday and I can't wait. And I am going Saturday. Got offered a gig, hit decline, was like, get away from me. I don't need money. I'm going to Supercross. That's commitment. Yeah. Love it. Love. Uh, All right. Anyways, this is the Drum Brigade podcast. Um, We're so happy to be here. We got some awesome announcements to talk about as soon as I hit the let's get into it button. We do have a guest this week. Oh, boy. We do. And he is confirmed. He's a super nice guy. We are not going to be left hanging today, Phil. He's coming in on the phone. He is Gigi Gonaway. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We are thrilled. We're really excited. He played with Mariah Carey. This dude played with Mariah Carey. Whitney Houston. Saw that beautiful booty from behind the drums. (laughs) Probably met Bobby Brown and hung out with them during their their frenzy of problems. (laughs) Played with the smoothest of the smoothest jazz ever. Yep. The Kenny King. G. Yep. Kenny G. Oh, sorry, sorry. Wrong button. Sorry. Wrong button. Wrong button. Wrong button. Sorry, sorry. Sorry. Jeez. You're a legend. Uh, <laughs> um, anyways, we, guys, we know how, we, how I feel about smooth jazz, so that may or may not have been a mistake. But anyways, other great, great artists. We'll get into Gigi um, in a few minutes. Like... Yeah, we're just happy to have a guest and happy to have Gigi on the on the line with us and talk some crazy gigs this guy has played. Serious accomplishment. Dude is, yeah. Great yeah. drummer. Yeah. Uh, Drum Brigade, you know, you can get this podcast on all the different platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn. What did, I, did I say SoundCloud? I got to erase that. I'm going to erase that right now. Stand by. Stand by. Bear with. Bear with. Stand by. Okay iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Public, Radio Public. Now check it out. Uh, One of the announcements, we got a new website. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's not new, new, but we've refined. We've changed some things. It's bright and colorful. Um, First page you click on, there's some giant buttons. Ooh, it's a picture of us. Yeah. Having a grand old time. Podcasting our butts off, though. With our... Custom coffee mugs. Yep. CM Strange. Mm-hmm. Hooking it up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait. There we go. Um, and, uh, you know, so we did it. You'll see beautiful faces. That being me and Phil's faces. Yeah. Um, Phil saying something that I'm doing that, I don't know, something that I need to work on and me laughing about it. And uh, probably saying you straight suck at drums and then me laughing like it's so true. That's probably (laughs) what it is. Anyways, um, it's bright and colorful. First thing, like if you can't go to iTunes or Google Play or Spotify or anything, just go to drumbrigade.com. First page you you get to, it says Drum Brigade Podcast. And there's a picture of me and Phil. And you scroll down, and there's three giant buttons: one for one for iTunes, one for Google Play, one for Spotify. <sighs> Just go to that, click it, and then you can find the Drum Brigade podcast and listen to it. Now, if you can do that, your friends can also do that. Yeah. So tell your friends, tell your family to listen to the Drum Brigade podcast, and then we can all be happy, and we can have a huge community of people who want to live. By camaraderie over competition. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's what we're all about at Drum Brigade. Yeah. Camaraderie over competition. 
like you were saying this morning, Phil, you go on YouTube or you go on Instagram and all you see is a bunch of fools trying to melt your face with really like some like dope stuff. But it kind of makes you feel inferior and makes you feel like you can't play. But we all can play. We're all drummers. Okay. We're all at different levels. And that's cool. And you're awesome because you're a drummer. Thank you. And we love you. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So you can be a drummer too. It doesn't matter. You don't have to post 15 seconds of the greatest lick, you know, that I don't know, Eric Moore invented. I don't got time for that. I love seeing, okay, no, let me change that. I like seeing great drummers. I like seeing great, great licks and stuff like that, but I don't like feeling inferior. Yeah. As drummers. It can get in your head. It's real easy. There's, there's a, it's never been like this. No. In the history of drums, this level of saturation. Yeah. Granted, on we a would daily always, basis, you we know? would always, I mean, I would always watch like old school, you know, videos of like the Buddy Rich um, memorial concert with Dennis Chambers and yeah, all those guys. And, you know, and we would always be like wowed by how great they are. But it's not like today, right? No, it's kind of like different. Taking the greatest moments of that every and then and multiplying it by like 100, 150. Yeah. Every thousand. single day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and like all I'm saying is we're all about encouraging not discouraging so I I think people you you get inspired by what you get inspired by and I I think that's dope um, but we just want to support each other as drummers and not be like I'm better than you not that everybody does that but we're all about support yeah camaraderie if you're a drummer we support you and that is is all you need to know, right, Phil? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that guy that you hear, <clears throat> did I say I'm Corey Kingston? Yeah, I'm Corey Kingston. Over there is the one drinking tea, the only filthy, fantastic, funky Phil Pardell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me. Welcome in, Phil. Welcome in. Uh, coming in on time. Just, we just, we're killing it now. I got all that out of the way. You know what I mean? Showing up late being a rock star it's time to <laughs> buckle down okay now yes. i can't i've made it like mondays are a big day for me i've made it to where i have a business call for drum brigade school every monday at 9 a.m yes every monday uh and then i have a me and you have a business meeting at 9 30 every monday yeah and then we're supposed to start setting up for the show at 10 so i have to be here now I can't not be here. Yeah. So the only time I won't be here is if I try to go on a bike ride early. So I have to leave at like seven to, to be able to do my full ride. Okay. It can happen, Phil. Yeah. Um, all right. Anyways. So I think that's all I got to say about this, this, this wonderful show that we have. We do have a Patreon. We gotta, we gotta figure that out for the new year, Phil. We gotta, we gotta, Get more, kick it up a notch, kick it up a notch, and uh, figure out how what we can give back to our patrons. And um, yeah, we got to record some bonus footage and material and stuff. We'll get to that. We'll get on that. We'll we'll have to business meeting it out on Monday at nine thirty. Uh, all right, camaraderie over competition. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Drum Brigade Podcast, the Brotherhood of Drums. Drum Brigade Podcast is where you have a voice, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Um, we got a lot to say, if you don't know by now. And so that's why I made a podcast, so I can just say what I want. Yeah. I'm sick of fools. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to say something, you can always just use the contact form on drumbrigade.com. Or every week we try to post our guest is this person. Send your, like if you go on our story on Instagram, uh, it'll say this week's guest is Gigi. If you have a question for him, you type it here. Just type it in there and be like, yo, why is the drum brigade so dope? And then we'll answer it. Yeah. Right, Phil? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, all right, Phil, before I get into what you're all about and what you did over the last two weeks, what you got for your Christmas holiday and all that jazz, uh, I got a special announcement. <clears throat> what? Um, we got a lot. I'm talking a lot. A lot of new merch, people. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. A lot of clapping this, this episode. A lot of clapping. Um, new merch. Tons of new merch. You can get so many different T-shirts, so many different colors. We have like six or seven designs now. We went from one design to six or seven designs. Do you have ADD, Phil? No. <laughs> Are you with me here? Yeah. <laughs> um. Six, six or seven, maybe eight or nine. No, six. There's a ton of stuff up on there. Okay. Yeah, we got the hot rod design. We got the tiger design. We got the cat playing drums design. We got the old school design. We got the squadron design. We got the podcast design, and we got my face, your face on yeah. a t-shirt that's eight designs that we have that's what i'm talking about and you can get those all in t-shirts um you can get those in all different colors that you want like pretty much every color you can get even pink phil mm-hmm. <clears throat> um takes a real man to wear pink and i might do it because i mean you know why not yeah and then you can get sweatshirts hoodies t- two different kinds of hoodies uh pull over like regular you know like crew neck um sweatshirts girl shirts saggy girl shirts like girl um sweatshirts regular girl sweatshirts your boyfriend's t-shirt so many different things you got socks phil socks yeah socks uh we got cell phone covers we got mugs we got so much drum brigade swag it's not even funny we got bags we got baby shirts baby shirts yeah baby onesies baby we got baby onesies. We got toddler shirts, all different colors. We have so much stuff, dude. Yeah. So much stuff. Long sleeve shirts. Long sleeve shirts for the dads out there. Um, coffee cups. Coffee cups. Stickers. Stickers. We've had stickers. We uh, still have a few drumsticks in but stock. We have podcast stickers now. We have podcast stickers. We have podcast t-shirts. Drum Brigade podcast t-shirts. We never had that before. Um, we have a lot of stuff, man. And we are stoked, stoked. So, dude, if you guys really want to be a part of the brigade and really want to show that you are a drummer, Phil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A drummer. Phil's like just mesmerized by the website. He's looking at. I don't I'm trying know to if pick out what I want to get. <laughs> um, There's so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're really stoked on that. If you guys want to show that you're, you know, you're like. You know, there's like skaters, Phil. Like, yeah, dude. Oh, that guy's a skater. Or that guy's into metal. He's obviously into metal. Or yes. whatever. 
Like, oh, that you oh, you mean that guy, Phil? He's a surfer? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know that guy. Like, you're something, right? When I was in school, I was like into skating and I was into ska music and like punk. And people knew what I was because I like I was what I was into because I dress like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to identify yourself as a drummer? This get, is one good way to do it, man. Get the shirt with my face on it, not Corey's. <laughs> you know what's funny is I made those shirts. I like put sent those designs as a joke, and those have been the ones that people are like most excited about. Do I get like some some pennies anytime someone gets my my face specifically, dude? I was like, no one is ever gonna get these. No one's ever gonna get these. So many people have already been like, oh, bro, I'm getting the shirt with your face, and I'm like, why would you ever want that? Should we wear each other's like at Nam Show? <laughs> uh, I'm down. So let's do it. I'll wear your face. Yeah. It'll be like that Nicolas Cage movie. I was going to like adjust it too so that it looked like our faces. Cause like half of our face, it looked like our face is coming out of whoever's wearing our shirts pants. If you tuck <laughs> it in, it looks like my head is coming out no. of your pants. <laughs> oh, I'm so, I need to get one of those. <laughs> oh man. I'm going to wear it, wear it backwards though. So it's coming out of my butt. <laughs> oh man. Well, they're, they're actually pretty dope looking. They're like dope looking. It's like not just like oh it's my face. It's like it's pretty well designed and it's it's cool. Yeah, it's it's like it's done well. I love the so, cat with the drum. Yeah, that's old school. So we got like some vintage designs. Yeah, um, it looks cool. Like an old school cat playing. Like it looks like a motorcycle club shirt. Oh, I need some socks too, Corey. Yeah, drum brigade socks. Dang, I want to order some of those dang socks, bro. You know who needs a pair of those socks? Tosh the drummer. Yeah, yeah. They're not. Or you can get some in like yellow. Um, yeah, you can get them in different colors. I'm telling you, we can get them pink ones. Mm -hmm. Tosh, do you want pink ones? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So, you know, just order some stuff and you'll be like dope. Like me and Phil. Yeah. Yeah. And the rest of the brigade. Uh, okay. Also I already mentioned, but new website, um, a little bit more sleek. We're still working on it. We're still working on it ourselves. I'm still working on it myself. Um, we gotta like add video content and stuff. So, uh, dude, video content—it's coming along, Phil. Got two new day in the lives. Up. Yeah, you cracked that code, huh? Cracked you figured it. out your new camera and yeah, editing software, all that jazz. Yeah, it's beautiful. Figured out like some new new techniques for uh for a day in a life and it's coming out great. It's coming out great. I'm like actually stoked on doing it again. Now I'm like, dude, I need more ideas to like do another day in a life. I have another one that I'm editing for my gigs last like two weeks ago. And, um, Oh yeah. So check that out too. Um, it's on the drum brigade, YouTube, uh, and all that stuff. So, um, okay. New website. It's, uh, you can get to the media stuff like YouTube stuff from the website as well. Um, so like I said, it's simpler that it, it, you know, and it kind of explains a little bit more what we're doing. Like right now, our focus is the the podcast and our merch and then our, our lessons. But if you want to book a lesson with Phil, you got to go to his website. But if you want to book a lesson with me, you got to go to drum brigade. Yeah. Or my website. Um, Corey Kingston.com drum brigade.com Phil Pardell.com. All right. So, um, anyways, we got a new coordinator. Sorry. We have a new coordinator. We have a coordinator for the drum brigade podcast for our guests and stuff. 
anyone who's come on our show has had to deal with our our coordinator for Drum Brigade podcast. Her name is Candice. She's been killing it, um, booking guests and stuff for Drum Brigade. Well, we now have a new coordinator for Drum Brigade school. Yes, yes. Oh, wait. Hold on. There we go. All right. Now, I don't like telling people this, but Drum Brigade is a family-owned company. So the new coordinator for Drum Brigade school, her name is Donna, and her name rhymes with my mom, okay? <laughs> She's my mom. She's my mom. No one judge, all right, because it's a family thing, okay? So any t- any, if you want to book lessons at Drum Brigade, um, you got to go through her. She's tough. She's raised me. I didn't get my attitude from my dad. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the soapboxes from my dad. I got them from her. Yeah. So <laughs> look out. Look out, people. No, just kidding. Um, I'm dude, I'm constantly telling her though, like, we have to play we have to say this nice. You don't have to be mean all the time. <laughs> you have to say it nice. She's like not mean, but the way that it like the tone in the emails is always like kind of bossy. <laughs> I think it's just because it's my mom. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you got to, like, this is my business, my company, and this is how I do it. It's got to come across very nice smile when you're typing, you know? Yes. Uh, anyways, yeah. Drum Brigade, we have a phone number. We have contact, don at drumbrigade.com. You want to order, like, a drum lesson? She'll schedule you. Don't call me, though, because I'll be like, I don't know. I'm busy. All right, anything else, Phil? Gosh, I feel like I've just been rambling, and I'm I'm like really in- uncomfortable with this. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Let's just go on with the show. I just feel like I've been like on an infomercial for the past like forty minutes. Well, why don't we why don't we catch up? All right, let's catch up. Super insecure all of a sudden for no reason. <laughs> coffee in my system that's why very unstable right now should have some of that peppermint bark tea <laughs> that would get me too relaxed and i'd just so be good. like hey phil how you doing we're to like npr all of a sudden yeah i like that one and i've been really into um licorice tea rubis what that's what like normally licorice is rubis it helps your stomach it helps your tum tum no that's not what it is no it's like the licorice plant is rubis, it? fool. That's not rubis, fool. What's it called? Licorice. Black licorice. It's licorice. You don't know what you're talking about. This fool don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> what are you <laughs> You've been drinking about? coffee for like 27 years. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe It's similar. Rubis tea is really helpful for your stomach. So is chamomile. Isn't it kind of... Uh, well, I, yeah, I, I haven't been having... Is that how you pronounce it, Rubis? R-O-O-B-I-S. Rooibos. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's, now, that's how you pronounce it. Whatever, fool. Where I come from in my part of the world, it's called Rubis. Rubis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. It tastes nasty. Oh, well, the uh, licorice tea is amazing. It's I love ru- it. It's not root. <laughs> it's a different plant, fool. Get over it. <laughs> So there's just so licorice just grows on a plant. You just pick it off, and there it is. It's just licorice. No, there's a. Yeah. Is there a red licorice? Whatever it's called. No. All right. You want to get into licorice? Oh boy. Red licorice is not licorice. That's strawberry flavored candy. Black licorice is flavored by the licorice plant, is which it gets its name from. It 
though. It is. Black <laughs> licorice right. is is the flavor of, well, of the actual licorice, and it is a plant, and you can rip off a limb and chew on it, and it tastes like black licorice. Well, maybe I want to try that. It's good. It's Either way, I think that helps your stomach. If you like black licorice, I, I get the tea. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Well... All right. I don't like black licorice, so if they had red licorice tea, I would get that. I'm that's sure they, they probably have that in, like, the kid's aisle. <laughs> I think it's it's called, like, Kool-Aid or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, dude, if you, like, so you don't drink any more caffeine whatsoever. I've been, yeah, no, I've, I've been, I've weaned myself free. I've been diligent. And so I'm, you won't drink Yorba Mate? No. Wow. No. Not right now. Eventually, I'll, I'll dabble, but right now, I'm really trying to get a fresh start and get it completely out of my system. So probably a for year the next now. month, I'll probably not be having any caffeine. Wow. And then and then I might have a cup here or there. Okay. Well, that's my that. plan. Go we'll for it. How, we'll see how it goes. Go for it. I'm just trying to work out. Get, I don't care about that. I, want, I need caffeine. I like caffeine, but on occasion. I'm not going to get crazy with it. That's cool. Yeah. You go get swole. All right. Uh, I believe in you. <laughs> um, two weeks off, or like, I keep saying two weeks because it's kind of been like two weeks. Yeah. But it feels like it. We only took a, a one episode off. So one episode over two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was kind of like fed up with the last episode, as you could tell. <laughs> and and um, I was like, if we don't have a guest for next week, um, let's just not do a show. And then they try, we tried to get a guest for last week, but it was hard with the Christmas stuff. And so we were just like, yeah, no, let's just, it's the holidays. Let's take a yeah. day off. So yeah, I took all of last week off. I didn't take off gigs, but I was like, no more lessons for this week. Students were calling me and I was like, sorry, I took the week off. No lessons this week. If I could take all lessons off all the time, I would do that. Because <laughs> I'm just... Or if I could train somebody to be the drum brigade teacher, gosh, I would love that, man. I'm so over it. I don't want to do it anymore. I do. Gosh, who am I kidding? It just takes a big chunk out of my day. Like what I would like to do is film a lesson video and then have a bunch of people watch it and pay yeah. me for that instead of one student at one time for, you know, 30 or 45 to an hour. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. Yeah. This week's lesson is this and we work on it. And maybe I meet up with everybody on one day at one time. I don't know. So I took off last week because I needed a break. Nice. And um, it wasn't long enough. Wasn't long enough. I feel you. And then I uh, played a bunch of gigs. And um, okay, so what really happened? Monday, Tuesday. Tuesday was Christmas Eve. Monday, Tuesday, I told my wife, look. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do, like over the weekend, leading up to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever. But Monday and Tuesday, shutting the phone off. Nobody call me. I'm not doing anything. I'm on full lockdown. Nice. Because I need to, like, catch up with stinking drum brigade stuff. And so I didn't tackle everything. But, dude, I put in, like, solid 12-hour days, two days in a row. Woo! And, I mean, I, like went hard lockdown didn't answer my phone nothing my phone was blowing up all day like you guys do not realize how many stinking group chats i'm in <laughs> with all these fools just and i'm just like dude stop texting me it's stressing me out 
I feel you. Oh. With all the bands and whatnot. All the bands. Yeah. Like every a, band. It's like every day. And then there's like split offs of the band where you can't text this guy this because he'll be like, he's too sensitive or something. And there's like the joke memes that are being, and I'm just like this, you know, and then, or, Hey, can, are you available this date? Hey, can you do this? Hey can, hey, can I schedule my kid a lesson with you? And it's just like, I'm grateful for all the work, but dude, I'm like, I can't get anything done from, from day to day. You know, I'm on such a crazy schedule. And so I was like locked down, getting stuff done. That's, That's why we have merch now. That's why we have a new website now. It's awesome. That's why some of our videos have been transferred to, like, I'm basically combining the Drum Brigade YouTube with my YouTube because nice. I have more followers on mine, which isn't much, people. But anyways, and so I'm getting rid of the Drum Brigade one because no one, yeah, I just do, every, everything's going to be on one. Like, a day in a life lesson videos everything's just going to be on my personal one so started doing that edited a video twice same video twice which one day in a life the last one i just did nice um edited dude i've been having this isn't a soapbox because i don't have time to get on it but edited a full video in this da vinci resolve and um was done i was adding the music like the background music click to drag the music in this is like the last step that i do like this happen again clicked it to bring it in the thing crashes again and i lost i didn't save it i lost all again yeah (sighs) that was the last step phil dude the last step in what i was doing i mean i fully edited took me like three hours finished editing this video crashed lost it all you gotta get a different program well, two times is too many. No, I just, um, I just kept, I now I just have to religiously like save it. Like every time I add a clip, I save. And, That's um, nuts. I think, that sucks. There's a Harley going by our shop right now. <laughs> that guy's on a hog. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so I just was like, forget this. I was so tired and so done at the end of a long day that the next day we had a, this was Christmas day. We had a Mandalorian um, <laughs> baby Yoda, uh, uh, marathon. You watched it? Um, kind of nice. I watched the first episode, oh, then man. I tried to watch the second episode and then I was kind of like, I don't know. This isn't me, man. Yeah. It's just too much. Too many subplots going on and characters that don't have no names and you know, and it was cool, but it's just, it's just not, this is not me, dude. Really Star Wars like, isn't me. I really like that show. That baby Yoda is a cute little thing, though. <laughs> the memes going around. I'm only watching that show because of the memes. <laughs> and so I was editing while I was watching it, and it was it was cool. It's just like, it's, it's n- sorry, people. Like, look, some people love it, and some people don't. I never really got it. I don't think it's, I just, I just don't like it. It's not for me. I don't hate it. But I'm not going to Disneyland and buying a lightsaber for $200 or $150 because I'm, I don't, I just, I'm not a Jedi. Okay. That's okay. And I don't know the characters and I don't, I don't get it. And I don't under, I want to know where everybody's from. Like what planet are they from? Why do they look like that? Why does everybody look like humans, but like deformed or like, like custom customized humans? You know what I mean? They all have like two eyes and two ears and they walk upright and you mean in general in star wars in star wars you get people from different planets that's like every movie with aliens because it's a lot easier to just dress up human beings (laughs) 
to look, uh, and then like add stuff. Like seriously, every single thing, like Avatar, they're giant blue people. Yeah, like every everything. Yeah, but that whole thing was like they found a planet that was kind of like Earth, and then they were like harvesting stuff. I love that movie. We know Phil. We know that I love that movie. That movie I got because I can like. It's like you went to another planet. It's kind of like Earth. Blah 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 blah. Hey, I, I know it's it's not realistic for there to be like all across the universe, like a lot of bipedal yeah. creatures cruising around, and then somehow they can all speak the same language. They, yeah, thank you. They I all get speak it. American English. Yeah, I basically, get it. or they have translators, or they have a translator. Yeah, I it, mean, there are in 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 Star Wars there are aliens that look super weird and they're not like they don't look like people walking around too yeah but i get your point yeah yeah so i mean i'm not trying to critique i don't i just all i'm trying to say is i'm not trying to critique it like it should be better it could be better because it's just not my thing is what i'm saying it's just not my i'm not a star wars guy i'm not a star trek guy i'm just not that guy i do love alien movies i do love like apocalyptic whatever kind of i love sci-fi but that thing is just not my thing. It's just Battlestar Galactica, not my thing. That kind of stuff is just, it's too much. Come on. So everybody's been talking about Mandalorian. I'm like, all right, I'll see it. And I watched the first episode. And I'm like, that's yeah, what I thought it was. It's just too much. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, it's, that's a weird one to jump into if you don't, if you haven't watched the Star Wars movies, I feel like. Yeah. It's, I think it's fun. And why it, did I take off me, his helmet? To me, Star Wars is space action. It's just space action movies. Yeah. And that and if you if you take it at that and you don't like try to read into it or be too serious about it, it's it's a good time. Yeah. Well, anyways, I I got a lot done. I had some gigs that we're gonna have to talk about after our interview. Um and some of them are soapboxy, so we'll get on that. But I wanna know about you, Phil. What? Yeah, we got some time. What? Yeah. Did you get a Lambo for Christmas? I did. I wow. got two. Oh, yeah. nice. Can I drive one? I got a bright yellow, <laughs> like neon yellow one. Yeah. And then a um, like classic straight white Countach. I thought red was the classic. That's Ferraris. Yeah. I saw two, Coon- two, two Lambos in La Jolla yesterday, an orange one what? and I think a white one. What? And Those, then, that was me. No. <laughs> it was yellow, not orange. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we, James was, Jamie and James were walking to Starbucks and he's like, would you, if you could ever afford it? And I was like, heck no, <laughs> heck no. I'm not that guy. Get the most unreasonable car. It's so dumb. Uh, it's like um, so dumb. No, I had a really good, I had a great couple of weeks there, man. It's really got some really good quality family time. We did the, the Christmas thing, with the kiddos and, you know, got some Santa Brada nintendo switch what yeah dang they must be stoked on that so felix is stupid is super pumped and um dang he got a lot of drawing supply he's really into drawing and artwork and stuff do you guys play that family game where like you can it's like a play on words and like you have to like it's like pictionary but um with the switch yeah oh you can play it on your phone we don't have that yet you can you you draw on your phone that sounds right that sounds like something we should get yeah it's dope um yeah that was cool it was it was a lot of really good quality time with the family though it was much needed good and uh i played some gigs you know just some some good gigs that's cool disney yesterday oh boy which is always fun gosh i want to get my new tom mics oh you use those on your own gig yeah 
How did you do that? Like, were they like complaining about the board, or you guys supply the PA too? We bring everything oh, for that, like, except lights. I um, see. It was awesome. They sounded great. That's dope. Beefy. I we need to use those in here once the studio gets cleaned up. So <clears throat> we recorded a video, T Gross video out now on the T Gross thing, and it's rad. Stope. We did it all on a Roomba. By that a I mean like cleaner, a vacuum right? cleaner. Yeah, it's all from the perspective of a Roomba. It's all pretty, one take. It's pretty great. Yeah, we recorded it on a Saturday morning. Everybody was drinking alcohol in the morning. Donuts, coffee, alcohol. Ooh. And then pizza. It was fun that, though. Man, that sounds like a tummy ache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, not everybody was drinking coffee, but it seemed like everybody was like drinking beer and stuff at like 10 in the morning. Nice. It was really fun though. And like the video's out. It's great. It's on the T Gross YouTube, T I G R O S. Um, the, the song is called Cotton Woods. And uh, yeah, there's a moment where I like the rumba like backs up and goes into the bathroom or like shows the bathroom and then I'm playing drums in the bathroom. Nice. <laughs> with the Bob Ross. With Bob Ross in there. And uh, I'm like, my throne is the toilet. Uh-huh. And so, but it was all done in one take. So we, there was no clipping. There's no video like clipping or oh, like, yeah. hey, we did this in two takes. And so you just had to run over so there like, while the Roomba wasn't looking? It's looking at the crowd and you, you can't see me. And I'm like literally running into the bathroom. Then I close the door and then the Roomba backs up and goes into the bathroom. And then I'm playing and then it goes out of the bathroom, shows the crowd again, and then I'm running back to my drums. But you can't see any of that. That's awesome. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's a really good video though. It's like, but it's, it's kind of funny that people don't really get that it's from the view of a rumba. It's like, cause it's like really jolty and it's like constantly moving around and bumping into stuff. And yeah, you can't tell. It just looks like you're like really low. Yeah. So, um, but if you watch it, like you're like, cause it starts off looking at a wall and it just like turns around and then it ends and it like beeps and gets back on its dock. <clears throat> I just, I guess a lot of people don't know what a rumba is. Maybe we should have done it on a vacuum where we're like going back and forth. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Or get a shot of it. The lens that we used was $1,800. Woo! We rented it. We didn't buy it. Dang. It's like a, a wide lens. That's cool. Did you strap your camera to that thing? No, it's like a similar camera though. Oh. It's like, um, it's basically like, I think it's the same one or maybe, I don't know. It's the same, similar. Um, so anyways, I did that. I played a gig. I played a gig uh, for the Will and Grace wrap up, like finale. What? The TV show? The TV show, yeah. It was like on. It was still on? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was their final episode. It was like the final finale or whatever, you know? Oh my gosh. I know it's been on from the 90s and then they went they went away. Maybe not the 90s, but. They went away for a while, then they came back. Okay. And, um, and then, yeah, now it's like the, the So finale. there's a bunch of famous people there or what? Well, yeah, like all the actors from the show. Dang. And um, I played that with my big band. I do have some things to say about this. It was a good gig, though. It was good. Oh. It, it was just, on the back nice. lot of Universal Studios. So, like, they let me – I went to the wrong gate, and they let me drive my car through, <laughs> through all the, like, sets – what? Yeah, like, you know when you go to Universal Studios and they drive the, the tram, that's like one of the rides, and you get to see where they filmed, like, Back to the Future and stuff? Yeah. Like, I drove my car through all that. 
and I was like holding my camera out like dude there's like a set like I wanted That's to go awesome. through yeah it was dope I wanted to go through like drive through the little fake towns but I was like I better just stay on the road <laughs> Um, so that's, it was cool. That's cool. And then like where we were film, where we where we were playing was right next to the Kelly Clarkson show and the voice. And so I was like, Oh wow. When you're there, it's kind of like a lot different. It's like, you're not like wowed. I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I'm like working on the back lot today, but it was cool. Nice. We weren't filming anything. Well, I was filming a day in the life, but you guys were just playing. We were just playing the wrap up party. That's cool. And then the thing that sucks is I never, I've never watched one episode of Will and Grace, so I didn't even know what they look like. <laughs> like, and so I'm like, oh, that must be like the main actor, <laughs> and like, and then this girl is like acting really obnoxious and loud and like kind of wanted to be the center of attention. So I'm like, oh, that must be Grace, and it was, <laughs> yeah. So, but it was cool. It was, it was cool. Then I, they played like a blooper reel, and I was like, oh, okay, that's that, that's the lady I was standing next to, and. That's the guy that gave that speech. Okay, I get it. Nice. So, all right. Anyways, I'm gonna get on um, talk about that a little bit more. Um, I got a soapbox about jazz musicians. Uh oh. So I got to talk more about my gigs, and uh, we got to like talk about the next couple weeks, and we got to talk about finish talking about all your stuff and all my stuff, and and we have we were we were on one this morning about um, how the drum industry is changing and needs to change. And I think we need to either talk about that with Gigi or just on our own. So we'll get into that. All right. Gigi gone away. Coming up. Drum, 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 drum Brigade podcast. Oh yeah. Phil, what episode is this? 68? I think. Yeah, I think so. Drum Brigade podcast. Oh. 68, I believe. We're just, we're racking them up, man. We don't, we're not, we don't have crazy amounts, but. We have enough. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Phil, we got a great, wonderful guest on the line. Yes, He's come we do. through. We're so excited. Okay, before I say this, let me just say this. Over 15 years with Mariah Carey. Woo! Uh, played on the MTV Unplugged, uh-huh. like with Mariah Carey. Yeah. Yep. fine. In the heyday. <laughs> looking good. In she the heyday. Looking, in the heyday. heyday. <laughs> she was looking great on that, too. <laughs> Uh, Whitney yeah, Houston, yeah. Aretha Franklin, Steve Winwood, Natalie Cole, George Benson, Lou Rawls. Did you play with Eddie Murphy too? I did. Oh cool my dude. goodness, <laughs> Kenny G. Cool dude, amazing. Yeah, he's a he's a DW artist, Remo artist, Vic Firth artist, Pasty artist. Yeah. Some com- some crazy accomplishments, man. Seriously, <laughs> and Crayola, Crayola artist, Crayola uh, as well. Crayola. I love I love coloring, <laughs> coloring books. I love. Yes, uh, Hello. yes. <laughs> he's a wonderful teacher Big online. He's a wonderful. He's a wonderful <laughs> drummer. Amazing drummer. That pocket's deep, Phil. Yes, that pocket is deep. Yes, it's got to be deep to play with all those artists. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, hey. please welcome to the Drum Brigade podcast, Greg GG Gonaway. Oh man, yes. <laughs> Hello, my homies. Hello, we have a my homies. huge audience like in here. It. They're just, they're so thrilled. All of them clapping. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I could, I could feel it over here in Arizona. I could feel it. Um, <laughs> I got to thank you for all those nice things you said, dude. Now, you got to send me a paint hour as well. That's, a, right. that's a lot of words, my man. Right on. I love it. Man, it's well thank deserved, you. man. You got quite a, quite a uh, resume, quite a bunch of accomplishments. And, Thanks, uh, man. Man, crazy. So how yeah. are you, man? Thank you for doing the Drum Brigade podcast. Everything's- Everything is cool, man. I'm just, uh, I live in Arizona. Oh, it's cool. a freezing, freezing cold day, which is rare in Arizona. Um, 
everything is cool, man. I, uh, I, I actually, uh, I was born here, and I thought I would never live in the same state that I was born. So that was wow. a Northern California dude forever. But now I live here, and I have a cool little four-year-old, amazing nice. little daughter and a lovely wife, and life is good. Everything's cool, man. You know? Very cool. Very cool. That's yeah. um, yeah. that's nice. I didn't know you had a daughter. That's cool. Is she interested in the drums at all? So I have a drum room. I have a little drum room where I have a couple sets set up and a piano and some guitars. And so we'll be doing stuff around the house, and I'll be like, "Dang, where is she? Where is she?" And I'll go in the back, man, and she's like picking out cymbals, figuring out like <laughs> what sounds she wants. I'm nice. Like, Look, pal, don't touch those over there, buddy. Yeah. She's just on it, dude. Like it's so funny. She has. But one of my really good friends is that in Ben Carey. That's a is a great guitarist. He played in Lot House forever. I work with him a bit in Vegas. He gave her like a little mini scaled down guitar. Nice. So it is the funniest thing, man. She'll put on sunglasses and like you know, and, oh. and wear her underwear and give little concerts uh, in the back. That's awesome. Just pretty much amazing. Yeah. Only, but she only sings Spanish pop songs by the Chipmunks. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. That might be the yeah, that you. might be the title of the show. Spanish pop songs <laughs> by the Chipmunks. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's amazing. That's how I started too. I, they couldn't keep me off the drums. My dad, my dad always had oh. his his drummer would always leave his drums at the house, and they kept telling me, "Stop, oh, wow. touch, don't mess with those." And as soon as they weren't yeah. looking, I was back in there banging on stuff, you know. And, I don't mess up, dude. Exactly. <laughs> that's how it always goes. I think that. Once you, once you, like, with somebody that, that you see younger or whatever, they've got to see what you do. And, you know, if you bring joy to it and you make it like it's like it's a really fun thing, mm. it becomes infectious. You know, I, I think that's why I think I have some students that I've had, you know, I've had students that were, you know, 20 years ago, and I still mm. correspond with them, and they're just like, man, it's just like, you know, when I play, it's like I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. And I'm like, yeah, right. you figured out something when you were a kid, you figured out at a very young age, like you figured out that you did something that was really special mm-hmm. and different and that you were kind of good at. And that just made it like this really fun thing that you learned and honed and got skillful in. But it was just like fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. I think that's how we all have yeah. that. You know, that's it's a feeling that yeah. I've had that needed to come out. I've talked about it on the show many times, but a feeling yeah. that needs to come out. And the only thing that allows that to happen is playing the drums. And it's like... Yeah, that, I mean, it's. I, I always tell people I don't feel like I ever like learned how to play the drums. Like I always just knew how to play oh, the yeah. drums. I just yeah, play. Yeah, you know, we yeah. learn how to get I better do. at what we do. But um, yeah, but yeah, I just man, I just it just happens, right, Phil? Just like yeah, you just play. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, man. exactly. Um, totally. Right on. That's cool. So, man, that I mean that list of people. Bro. It's like all the 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 heavies in, in back in the day yeah, and, and still doing it. And you have a, you, yeah, you, you post amazing. a lot about so teaching. How, how that happened. Just, yeah, just really quickly how that, how all those wonderful artists that I got honored to work with happened was I was living in Northern California and I had this really killer fusion band when I was like a kid. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, one day this really beautiful woman walked up and she goes, you know what? You got to meet my husband because it's like, you, you, you got to meet him. You got to meet him. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, all right. We were playing at this really cool little bar called, um, oh, shoot, what was it called? I was on the tip of my tongue. I'll think of it in a minute or two. Um, but it basically was in Berkeley, California. Oh, it was called the Keystone. Keystone, oh, okay. all right? There was one in San Francisco, one in Berkeley. We played Berkeley. So my band was playing. We were warming up for a band called The Warriors. And I'm like, damn, okay, cool. 
and and I and I didn't know the whole personnel, but I knew that they were just total, you know, killer dudes. So we did a little sound check, and, and she hung out. She said, "Okay, I want you to hang out for my husband's sound check, and 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 you know, come talk to him." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I'm hanging out there, and these dudes come out, and they are just like burning, just like killing it, and I'm just going, "Oh." And I'm, you know, 20 years, maybe 19, 20 years old going, you know, I, I always been into like, you know, intense fusion, but mm-hmm. seeing it right before my face, I was like, good God, you know, <laughs> and so I looked at the drummer. I kept going, I kept looking at the drummer going, who is this dude? He looks really familiar. Mm-hmm. And so I kept watching him. I was watching the bass player going, these guys look very familiar, but I couldn't really place it. Then I went, oh, wait a minute. I remember seeing this drummer dude on this really weird, eclectic, strange band called Mahavishnu. Oh, man. And I'm like, but, but every time I saw him on, on the album covers, he had this really different kind of smile. I'm like, what is up with this dude, right? So kind of, he didn't creep me out, but I was like, what is the deal with this dude, right? <laughs> so I'm sitting there watching him, and he's playing like these double bass drum stuff, and he's like wearing sandals or something stupid like that. I'm like, okay, I gotta go, I gotta go kick this dude in his knee, number one. Number two, what is the deal, right? So we start talking, and he goes, hey, man, you know, I, I, my wife told me about you. You, I got to go do my thing in the back. I'm going to come see your show and make sure you stay at the end so we can talk. And, I'm, and he was like a really soft spoken, really, really sweet, cool dude. And I'm like, all right, man, cool. I'll, you know, I'll hang for sure. So I play, we do our thing. I'm sitting, you know, kind of toward the back by the board and they're playing and I'm just going, oh my God, this is something that not only that I rarely have heard, you know, except for like, you know, on records back in the day, but I've never seen something like this. And the bass player was killing and had this killing violinist and the guitar player and this amazing tuba player. And I'm like, oh, this is crazy. So I hang out at the very end. He goes, yep, my name is Nardo Michael Walden. Wow. And he kind of said, you know, I, I saw you play, and it's very funny. You remind me a lot of me when, you know, when I was a kid. And, and what kind of job do you do? And I, at the time, I said, well, you know, in my most, you know, straight-ahead corporate, oh, I am a medical courier, my friend. He's like, okay, cool, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And he goes, I'll tell you what. Tomorrow, when you have a break in your little courier gig, I want you to come by the studio, and we're going to talk about making records. Wow. I go, what? And he goes, yeah. I want, I, want you, I want you to be here tomorrow when you have a break, and come on down, and we're going to talk about making records. And I go, okay, cool. So, cut the chase. I go down, and he shows me Nardo Michael Walden, one of the greatest producers and greatest drummers in the world. Basically, I get a 15, 20-year education on how to record, and and in the meantime, we recorded with all the greatest artists pretty much of the time. No way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's was, incredible. So, so just think about a dude <laughs> like that who is an amazing, crazy drummer. And, all, and by the way, all the guys in the band, mm. it was the bass player was, of course, Randy Jackson, who grew up oh in, the, in the Bay Area as well. <laughs> the guitar player was a guy named Joaquin Liviano, who was this killer, crazy, sick guitar player. Uh-huh. The, the violinist was a guy named Steve Kindler, who actually played, I think he played sometimes in Mahavishnu as well. Yeah. The keyboard player was who had become my friend and he worked with, you know, in the live band together was Walter Afanasio. Wow. So this was a band called The Warriors. And this was back in the day when they all played. And it was the most incredibly grooving, you know, crazy 7-11 fusion that you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> oh my God. And all these guys. I know, isn't that crazy? And so then, like, you know, years passed later, at, at, at many points, many years of my life, that same band was the band that was recording at the studio that I worked with North. So it was just like this crazy, crazy thing of just like, you know, being kind of, I guess in the right place at the right time, but yeah. someone being that generous, that gracious, 
Mm-hmm. Here's something special in me, which I really appreciate and love to this day. But, but saying, hey, man, I'm going to teach you and I'm going to give you the opportunity never happens. Just what's that the most doesn't, incredible thing ever. That doesn't yeah. happen like, you know, that's, that's so awesome that somebody just I like. I know, man. I know. Yeah, like who does that? You know, it just goes out on the who limb. And like, I, I don't know. <clears throat> that makes me want to do that, though. That makes me want to like. I, it, dude. Precisely, you just said it exactly. Yeah. So that's why, yeah, exactly. That's why if I have students and like, you know, I'm having a hard time recording. Cool. Come down to this session and sit in the corner and get like a little piece of paper and mm-hmm. write down everything that you don't get and we'll go through everything and you'll figure it out. It's not wow. like a big gigantic thing. We'll figure out how to solve the mystery. You know, yeah. And that's kind of that's kind of how I approach teaching. And I think that's why I have really great teachers that approach it in the same way. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, we all do things in a certain way. We all do things and we, we excel and we play things that are very natural. And someone may see that and be totally perplexed by that, but it, but it becomes like, well, this is the way I do it. I don't know if this is the perfect, most technical, most perfect way of doing it, but this is what I do, and this is kind of what I achieve by doing it. And right. if this helps you in that way, then let's, let's talk about it and develop it. If you want to do a whole other you know, technique or a whole other approach, that's cool as well. Maybe I'll learn something, but it's all about trying to figure out you know, how to help the dudes and kind of you know, get better and, and kind of get more proficient at that as well. Like I, one thing that Nardis said to me all the time, right. like we practice and, and it got very deep. I, I had like a little drum set in the studio and I actually started working there. And, and so it was, it was very deep. Um, but he's saying, look, man, you know, playing and practicing is one thing, but you know, the, what we're trying to achieve is when you step out on a stage and note number one, you're already on 10. Yeah. You're, you're not, you're not warming. You're not playing on, on seven and a half to get to 10. No, mm-hmm. man, you got to be so disciplined rehearsed, relaxed, and in the moment. That note number one is 10. Right. So that's always been my approach. And I just think that, you know, I like to prepare. I like to examine all the variables. Mm-hmm. But I like to, like, from, from the, not, I don't, I don't do shows where we have, like, the throwaway scene. No, man, let's, right. let's, let's get it going from the time we walk out there. You know what I'm saying? But you can't. You, with those, you know, those high-profile uh, artists at the peak of, like, yeah. when they were really... Like they're still obviously very relevant, and they still their songs are oh, played yeah, regular yeah. rotation on, on yeah, online, and yeah. you know every every gig I play, I'm playing. Um, um, what were we just listening to? Um, Emotions. No, uh, the Whitney Houston tune. Uh, oh. <clears throat> um. Anyways, we're playing all these artists all the time. Every you yeah. know every yeah. cover gig imag- yeah. imaginable. You're you know, and yeah. so you yeah. can't yeah, you man, can't sure. bring it at the peak of their careers you know when on exactly. like you said not be on level 10 <laughs> you know you have to bring yeah, it every man. time yeah exactly that's really every cool time brother yeah 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 man so that was like that was like an amazing an amazing point of my life that you know every day was just you know crazy and, and uh you know we record something in one month and and the next you know the next rotation on tv or whatever that i was watching i'd be hearing stuff you know and playing and, and it just got it just got to be just really surreal and crazy. And I just I, then it became like it was so much fun. I, I wouldn't say that it was addicting, but it was like a really it was like I really wanted to just be the best I could be. Mm-hmm. So practicing and preparing and programming and, and understanding what to listen for and understanding DPMs, it just became like this, this obsession of mine that I really got way way into. Which I which I actually am very happy to this to this, to this day because I still like when I practice, you know. I, I have a really nice kit and it's all mic'd up and nice. I go in my little room and I pop on my ears and I pop on a drum machine and I just go. You know, ah. A couple hours go by and I'm like, okay, all right, cool. I get it. I, you know, I can, I definitely can tell the difference between, you know, four or five increments of a BPM just because it's, it's become not this natural 
really fun thing. And we'll, we'll talk more about machines, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where all that came from. And then and then the craziest thing ever was, you know, I, we had I had like a little drum set in the back of the studio, and so but sometimes Nard would go, okay, let's 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 play together. Okay, let's cool, let's play. And this dude, man, he would never practice. You know, he just looked, he just looked like this naturally crazy, just natural dude. Mm-hmm. And he played traditional grip. Wow. And I swear to God, sometimes he would show up and he'd be playing in clogs. In clogs! <laughs> <laughs> he plays, hang on, who has clogs, number one, and he plays in clogs? <laughs> but dude, he would play these, he'd play these bass drum patterns, and I'd be like, you have got to be kidding me. And just like lightning speed, but just with finesse and so. It just was like a, an amazing, I, I had this blessed, amazing, you know, education as a kid in, in really good years to kind of give me really good tools. Yeah. And good, and good practice tools as well. Wow. That's amazing. What a yeah. what an amazing story that somebody so would cool. do that. Yeah, so yeah. I, I always got to give, I was like, <clears throat> it was so funny, like, you know, when, when I was touring, a lot of the guys that I was touring with, they were all, they all came to the studio. They all came to, that's, and Narda was like, you know, the guy that kind of helped everybody and kind of taught everybody. But at the beginning of some shows, it was like, you know, 10,000 people or 100,000 people. We'd be going, okay, yep. And, you know, big thanks to, to, to our brother Narda. And yeah. It was just an amazing thing. And to this day, he's like still the same kind of amazing, magical, generous, you know, kind dude. You know? Wow. Do you still wear clogs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so do I, damn it. No, okay, you, okay, you got to edit. I just said the word. We said clogs three times. Edit that stuff, though. Edit, baby. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, so yeah. um, these days, do you still do a lot of touring, or are you doing more like studio stuff, or what? What are you up to these days? No touring for me stopped. I stopped touring with Mariah in about um, it must have been about two thousand eight, two thousand nine. After doing it for a long, long, long time, mm. and in between there, I did some other tours as well. I did, I did like um, my wife is Russian, right? My okay. wife, my wife is Russian, and mm-hmm. I actually met her in Moscow. I was in Moscow touring with an amazing um, uh, Russian artist. We were, we were, it was more like more Russian dates when the touring, but all around Russia and just a lot of dates. And um, that was, I think that was the last major, major tour that I've been on. But as we all know, I mean, you know, I don't know how old you guys are, but the touring game has changed. Yeah. It's a very different thing you know, these days. And unfortunately, they're, they're, the touring that people kind of become more accustomed to you know, it's not a bad thing, but it's in you know jumping a van in a van and yeah. doing that kind of thing. And so I, I I really dug that when I was a kid, but now I'm like you know do I, I want to do that? Do I want to be home? Do I want to figure out stuff at home? And yeah. So I kind of chose the latter. I kind of there's been a couple things here and there, and I, I, w- I was doing um let's see in 2000 let's see this is now 20, 20 God, it's crazy 2017 18 and part of 19 I was doing a residency in Vegas. I had oh, a really okay. cool residency at an MGM property. So oh, that nice. was fun. It was like a little cool little place, and so what it was was we kind of were very near Staples Center. So mm-hmm. there was artists like you know different country artists, you know Rascal Flatts, whoever came through, they would come to our little joint and sit in, and we'd have like this killer. But it became like this thing, and it nice. was really really fun. And so and so we'd have different singers, different songwriter guys, you know, some Vegas, a lot of Vegas guys, obviously. But it was this really fun, cool hang where I had to play different music kind of almost every night, yeah. you know, along with some of the stuff you play in a, in, in a place like that, but it just, it became a just really fun thing. So that was about the last time that I really left home and did a lot of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now that I live in Arizona, I have a beautiful studio that I worked out of called Three Leaf Recording, and that's in cool. Phoenix. And um, I kind of work a lot out of there. We have a lot of different fun things that come through there and 
I produce a lot more than I did before and just kind of write a bit. So it's, it's still, uh, it's still really fun. It's still cool. Nice. Nice. And then I, I noticed that you do a lot with, with education on, on your, from your, uh, Instagram, <clears throat> you promote your, yeah. your lessons and teaching and stuff like that too. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just, I, I've, I was really lucky to have great teachers in my life. Like my, my dad was a, my dad was a, was a corporate attorney for part of his life. So he said he really, uh, he really appreciated that I kind of had this, this really desire, you know, to kind of, to kind of play music. So we lived in, in Oakland, in Oakland, California, and he kind of converted this whole bottom part of our house, like my little practice studio. He's really, really cool. So he said, you know, this is great. You know, I love you playing, but, you know, if you're going to play, let's, let's figure out who the teachers are that we can kind of get you in with and figure out that and make sure that it's a good match and it's a good mix. And so very cool. And he was actively, you know, kind of actively seeking out different instructors. And I got really lucky with, with three or four guys. And then I got this dude named Rich Fongheiser. Mm-hmm. Who is Jenny Fongheiser's older brother? Cool. Do you know Jenny Fongheiser? You heard him? I don't know. <clears throat> okay. Do you, you feel Jenny? Jenny? No. You ever heard of him, Phil? No. Okay. Jenny play. I think he played with Tracy Chapman and okay. like a lot of different artists. But back to his older brother. His older brother basically was one of the influencers and and kind of mentors of Dave Garibaldi. Oh wow! Okay. Nice. So he was like this older dude when I was a kid. But oh my God, we went through Funky Primer, we went through all this stuff. And he's like, okay, that's cool. Let's, we're going to increase the BPM by 20 beats. And I'm like, what? And then I want you to play the bass drums with a hi hat. And I was like, ah! You know what I mean? It was the craziest thing. I was like, stop it, I give up. But just a bad dude, which really made me, you know, read very proficiently. Even though now I probably read maybe one chart every two years, but yeah. it just really was cool that, that I had that discipline to find somebody that, that was in that world as far as teaching that really incredibly open kind of funk, but was a studious reading devil. He was, he was just the most amazing reader I ever saw in my life. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like you, Phil. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I, 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 I always talk about how much, how I could be a better reader. And Phil's like, ah, we're like figuring out something. He's like, oh, let me let me write it out real quick. And then like, he's like, here it is. Oh. I'm like, bro, I can't read that. Get that out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, like that kills me, Phil. So you you hear stuff and you can kind of go, okay, let me just write this all out really quickly. No problem yeah. at all. Huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's killer. Um, okay, because there's no cussing, I'm not going to call you a cuss word. But you're a bad, you're a bad man. <laughs> bad man. That's you why are. we call him Funky bad. Phil. <laughs> funky phil i like it i like it um we have a listener question here so let's uh let's get yeah. into that all right Alright, Drum Brigade, episode 68 we got a listener question here from zach ellingson Zach at Zach oh, yeah. Ellingson. Yeah. Um, he had some great things to say about you. Um, he said he used to always see you in Vegas and he's like, I love watching yeah. him play. Um, he said his question is what's a tip to lay back the snare while continuing to push with the hi hat. And he said, he ends it with much mm. love. So, um, uh, what's a tip? I call him young Zachy Zach. The young Zachy Zach, Zach. Zach of the LV. He's a bad boy. Young Zach. He's cool. Um, that's a good question, man. Um, for me, I always, and I think I talked to Zach about this before. We'll get into that later. But 
I always think of things like like where where your beat is. Some guys play right on the beat. If it's one twelve, they're spot on 112. Other guys play 112, but it's on the, the more top side. So mm. it kind of feels a little bit less, not settled, but a little bit more pushy. And then other guys, like I think where I fall into, I fall into on the back side. So I could be really, I could be having a, a right hand pattern that's, you know, pretty much spot on that 112 or 113, whatever I'm trying to achieve. But I can really sense where the last increment of that back beat is and pull it back and think in my mind, especially recording, that I'm really pulling on the backside. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, it's a funny thing. Like, like I talked to Zach one time. We were talking about um, just, you know, practicing and playing with machines. And playing with something that goes is, is kind of very unmusical. Yeah. So if you have a bit of interplay, like I think of things the perspectives of threes, I talk about this a lot in teaching. On the left side, I'll have maybe like an eighth note pattern going, like, you know, one and two and on the, on the far left side. Mm-hmm. In the middle pan, I'll have like a solid quarter note, maybe on one and three or two and four or whatever. In the right side, I'll have like some 16th note if it's swung or if it's, you know, 16, 30 uh, seconds, so that I'm getting a perspective of like a percussionist. Yeah. So I can really figure out exactly where, where that BPM is and where I want to put those ghost notes and or where I want to pull that, that backbeat back. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That Thinking makes a lot of sense. With quarter notes for your click. Yeah, yeah. And that way also is an amazing thing. When you practice that way, and let's say you're doing double bass on stuff or whatever, and you're practicing that way, all of a sudden, you know, things start disappearing because you're, you're aligning with all those different information pieces that you're getting in your programming on that, on that three perspective. Yeah. So it's really a cool thing to practice and think of something on the left, something in the middle, and something on the right, which makes it quite clear where your back beat, where your where your back on the beat is, or where you're pushing the beat, or where you're right on the beat, it just makes it quite evident. So I'd say, you know, like we talked about before, having a perspective of three when you're playing with a click when you're practicing, and really being conscious of having that last nanosecond of that back beat activate when you're trying to achieve your two and four or whatever it may be. Yeah. Dang, that's that's very advice. interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting. I yeah. got I gotta yeah. ask, do you do you record like that too? Yes, I do. Like, I'll, like well, a lot of times, you know, I'll go to, I'll go to studios and it'll just be the I mean, regular, you know, one and two end. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Give me two minutes. And I'll bring in my, you know, my drum machine and say, hey, man, let me just throw them a little something. I'll do like a little four bar or two bar little loop. Pop that in. Match it up. Because then that's, that becomes, I'm at, it's like that's when I practice at home, man. And, but I'm just, you know, happen to be in another location. But yeah. that's where I'm really comfortable. So if I'm doing anything, like for me, Playing something at you know at like sixty three or sixty five, playing something slow is is kind of tough if you're yeah. if you're not used to kind of understanding where that is. But if you practice that at home, playing stuff fast at one hundred or, or ninety eight or ninety five, easy. So if you've got that information, you know, and you're in the studio and you're really locking to and you're really figuring out that perspective of three where stuff is, it becomes fun. And, and you know, cool. guys are like, well, why are you programming? Because I, I want everything to be right on time. A lot of, it's funny, recording, you know, recording these days for me, I'd say 75% of it is I'll go in with a singer-songwriter or an artist or whatever, and let's say they play piano or play keyboards. I'll be like, cool, let's get a click going, and I want you just to, let's do a guide of just the keyboard or guitar part, then let's do a guide of the vocal, only because we have our arrangement down pat, and then I'll make sure that's really cool, feels good, I'll get with the engineer or sit down in Ableton or Pulsos, whatever, line everything up, 
do my little programming of my drums, and I'll cut the drums usually before any of the other, other instruments are put on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, nice. that, they, so that they've got this spot-on, really clear musical with good feel and good time, basic drum track. And then yeah. I'll call the bass player, or sometimes I'll do it with the bass player as well. But that way, the foundation of your pad becomes quite strong. You know what I mean? Yeah, and then you're getting the you're getting the the feel of the tune, you know, right for the artist totally. and for the engineer yeah. and everybody yeah. involved. That's yeah. Then you know, and I think of yeah, I always think of bass parts, but if you just leave stuff open enough, the bass player can adapt, and and you know, the composition kind of dictates what that's gonna that bottom feels like. So yeah. kind of beginning from that point is really fun, and I, I really dig it a lot. You know, it's fun. Now I will go in sometimes and stuff with bands as well, but I've been doing a lot of that. Just you know, just cutting the drums and then figuring out where the bass, guitars, and other instrumentation kind of will fit. But that seems to work out very well these days. I love the idea of, of programming something and, and cause that, that'll help you sink into the, the, yeah. the pocket a little bit more. <clears throat> you know, we've all yeah, had those man, sessions yeah. where the artist is kind of like, no, the drums are more like boom, chicka, boom, chicka, you know, and they're like singing to right, you. Right, right. You're yeah. trying to match yeah. that or the engineer's like, ah, oh, no, that's not the right fill. You know, maybe try something like this. Yeah. And um, yeah. you're trying to figure that out, but if you can sit down with them and 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 talk about yeah. it, and then come up with something exactly, that they, they like and that you are comfortable playing, it's like, yeah. you know, it might take a little bit more time, but in the long run, it's going to take less time because you're going to get it right the first time, you know? That's and cool. And there you just said it. Ding, ding, we have a winner. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because uh, that's the whole thing. There's nothing worse than you doing a track and listening back and going, I wish I would have, or them, the artist going, yeah, I wish you could have, ah, no, let's just make sure that we get it right the first time. Exactly. I've taken 45 minutes to talk it through, make a couple little notes, this is the kind of feel that I'm feeling here, et cetera, et cetera. Then it becomes really clear and fun, you know what I mean? Right. Um, so as far as for that, this question, I, for me, I'm all about the feel of the song. So, you know, I, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a lot less technical when it comes to like, the nanosecond of a ghost note or anything like that. I want the song to feel sure, right. Sure, sure. You know, like when you hear, yeah. I always bring up, um, like when you hear, um, like, uh, Sugarfoot Moffat play on, this is it. He plays Billy Jean. And it's like, the oh, yeah. feel yeah. of yeah. that is so it's the basic rock beat, you know, basic eighth oh, note yeah. rock beat. And yeah. it's like, it feels sure. so good. And it's like, so right. Agreed. And, then, Agreed. and then Michael Jackson is dancing in front of him of all people, you know, exactly. it's like, he's making Michael yeah. Jackson yeah. dance with that group. So that felt, that felt right to me. It, that song has a feel. Agreed. Um, so yeah. I'm, I kind of focus on that a little bit more. Um, I probably yeah. should yeah. focus on what you were saying and like, and think about well, it in more technical no, terms, that- but but yeah, yeah. It, just, it just depends on how, like how, how you record stuff. Like for me, right. um, I, I live I, ever since the Mariah stuff and, and the early Nardi years as well, but especially the live Mariah stuff, man, we, um, we played to a computer, dude. Wow. You know, I had, I had clicks. Yeah. I had clicks and that was way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I remember like having, going in these intense rehearsals and, you know, in my phones, I had that. Yeah. And I'm like, God, you know, <laughs> so I'm trying to play. And I remember going back to my hotel room calling my mom and going, you know what? I think I'm going to bring my butt home. This is just, it's really weird. And this machine's tripping me out and I can't figure out. And yeah. so I remember I, I sat up and I, I talked to, I think I talked to the, one of the computer guys and um, just said, what can we do to, to make the, that eighth note click just feel a little bit, it's not about a mixing. It's more about what I'm listening to. Yeah. So I figured out like little shaker parts, little tambourine parts that were just in my mix. 
mm-hmm. that just made it feel like what I'm talking about, like playing with the percussionist. And we had we had Peter Michael Escobedo, who's a crazy badass yeah. percussionist. But mm-hmm. the problem was was just keeping stuff in time and making it feel musical and making it feel like I was free enough to do cool fills. And with the machine, I was having a hard time in the first couple of rehearsals. Then right. we had this breakthrough, and I remember the next day, everybody was like, you know what? Everything feels really cool. And I was like, okay, I don't have to go home. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it, really, yeah. it was a trip, dude. It was, it was very difficult just just trying to make something like that groove. So it's, it's from the point of my story, is it's definitely a feel thing for sure, um, yeah. without a doubt. But yeah. then my world was more like if somebody turned around because something, you know, if, if, if Mariah turned around because something was speeding up or slowing down, not good. No. <laughs> you know that's, I mean? that's when the so walls that start closing much, in. <laughs> you know, exactly. That could pretty much never happen. So <laughs> I had to make sure that all the homework I was doing, I, there was there was no no room for error, bro. So I had to be yeah. on that. So then, then recording, you got these you got knuckleheads looking at, well, you know, on, on bar number 17, you were uh, you were right up front of your head. We're going to shoot this back. No! Yeah. nothing back. Let me just do it again, <laughs> yeah. and we'll get it right. You know, so I, I started figuring out, okay, if I can just make this little, and I like I like playing a lot of beats with ghost notes. So I, if I can make this this stuff feel, and I could just make it, you know, tuck it back ever so slight on this dot of thirty seconds, you know, before this fill, mm-hmm. then that makes the whole groove of that bar feel really, really great. You know, so it just it became like just something else that I practice. That's all. I mean, I think that yeah. however we skin the cat, the cat's gonna have no skin. If you're thinking about it more feel, I agree totally. Yeah. And if I'm thinking about it in both a time thing and a feel thing, of course. And if at the end of the day we go, that's a groove and killer track, there we go. You know right, what I mean? Right. What about you, Funky Phil? Oh man. What about you, Funky Phil? <laughs> yeah. Somehow I think Come you're on. like Come a on, funky Phil. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean I, yeah, I, I usually I mean that what what you were what you were saying about with all the um that additional texture sounds really cool. I, I feel like I want to try that. that. Yeah. I've, thus far, yeah, I pretty much yeah. I'm like Corey. I just try to like, I I I I usually make the click like a cowbell or something that's not as abrasive. Sure, sure. And then, um, yeah, I just try to feel it and and picture the song. You know, when I was <laughs> but, when I was younger, but I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna try that that uh what you're talking yeah, about that like sounds I, like really I said, cool definitely give it a run and after we after we hang up you guys got my number and all that stuff i mean just if you just it's fun but to try stuff to talk about stuff but yeah anyway continue continue yeah Sorry, I, was I was gonna say when i was younger you know practicing and and going to lessons and stuff like that <clears throat> you know we always i i had such anxiety with the with the metronome and it just yeah, i don't know why yeah. that constant you know i would i would i would do it i would work through it and i would have to work through it but yep um, yeah. and you know, but the, like the first time I had to play a live gig with one, I was just like, Oh my gosh, I can't do this. And I was like yeah. only in my yeah. own head. It was like totally doable and was fine. But like, yeah, of course, I always enjoyed playing to like hip hop records or my dad's old funk records or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. even though yeah. a lot of that, that stuff wasn't played to a click, but like the, the hip hop stuff without was a just doubt, like without li- a doubt. loops. Without a doubt. But then you figured out, you figured out that later on yeah. that playing to the click, like you said, it, it was, it was like, it was definitely doable. But you had to get past that thing psychologically, right. in your head. and that right. is that that I have to be perfect. No, yeah. you don't. You got to just really make it feel. And back to what you said, making it feel really good, and that's and that's the thing. And I and I guess I'm I'm not trying to talk about being you know spot on perfect. I think that these days with recording, these days people because everyone does you know everyone's got a everyone's got a studio. You know, everyone's got a studio in their back bedroom. Yeah, so yeah, everyone exactly. wants to look at you know grids and you know and they're really kind of more 
fascinated with that, which is cool. But I, you know, I, I things must feel really great for me. Like when I go and work with an artist, I'll sit down and figure out the key of the song to make sure the key is in the right spot. Then the next biggest, biggest hurdle is trying to figure out what is the right tempo. What is going to make you not rush your vocal or not mm-hmm. rush your melody lines? Like you can still groove and we can still do our thing, but achieve that without making stuff go by too fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's the thing. So if we can figure that one out. If that's grooving, you know, without the click, with the click, and then we get that bad boy in there, then it becomes locked in. Every time people go, God, this feels really great. Yeah. So, yeah. That's great. That's what you want. Well, I hope that you answers go. your question, uh, Zach, and um, thank you for Zach. writing in. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah, and uh, hopefully that helps you. Man, it's going to help me. Yeah. I know that. Yeah, I'm going to try I'm going to try that. Good. <laughs> yeah, good, man. That's good. cool. Right on, dude. All right, Excellent. let's move on right to the on. wheel of death, and then um, we won't, we know you're a busy man, so we won't keep you for too much longer. That's but all we'll, good. Uh, no problem. Well, we'll, let's move on to the, the wheel of death, Funky Phil. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Drum Brigade Podcast. We checked. It's episode 67, not 68, people. All right, don't get crazy. Oh, okay. 67, 67. All right, that's good. <laughs> All right, so... I can't work this way. That's okay. an odd number. I can't work this way. Yeah. Call my attorney. <laughs> yeah, I was told this was 68, so maybe maybe 67 right. just it didn't work out. I don't know. No, all right. So, dig it, um, dig it. So we, uh, we got the Wheel of Death. These are random questions. Some of them pertain to drums. Some of okay. them don't. Um, some of them Great. are silly. Some of them are serious. So we'll just... We'll, we'll take it all in stride. Cool. All right, let's spin this all thing. Right. Man, I feel like we haven't done the Wheel of Death in a while, Phil. I know. Um, okay, oh. you have you have a time machine. Do you go back in the past or the future? And how far do you go? <laughs> Good, man. Wow. Oh. Time machine question. Dude, That's a good I one. I know, man. Dang, it's kind of early for that. No, I, I think I go back, dude. Yeah. I go back to check out, like, all... And how far do I go back? I don't know. Um, uh, uh, I, I I guess I, I don't know. I, I would go back at least to like the forties or something like that. Oh, just yeah. to check out the world, people, society, environment, and of course music. Mm. But it'd be really fascinating to see what people what motivated people at that point when there was all this less, less technology. Yeah. And it was more just about you know, just about living and doing your thing and surviving in a very basic manner. I think that's a fascinating aspect of, of the world that's fascinating. Like when I travel different countries you know because we have well i'm not anywhere but you know not long ago technology wasn't where it was right now so you right. know, when, when we went to japan when we went to africa different places you know it was interesting to see how people just survived and did their thing in that world so i'd love to see how that was many years ago that's cool i like that yeah um yeah funky phil mm. i think i'm gonna go in the future really yeah Wow. I can't decide yeah. how far to go because part of me is like, I just go like a year, find the biggest hit song, steal it, go back in time <laughs> and write that, and then be super rich. Oh boy. Damn. <laughs> oh. Or, I, but I'm also like, on a more serious side, I'm like, I kind of want to just go ahead, like maybe a hundred years just to see how things shake down yeah, yeah. and um, see if there's Dang. anything I can do to help because. <laughs> I'm like worried about my wow. kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. Wow. Dude. All right. Well, that's what you call a funky Phil. That's what you call a funky <laughs> Phil. Now it all—it all come together right yeah, there. Yeah, that's He's it. Talking about a year ahead, it's steal this from an Ariana Grande song. Get down! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's genius. laughs> I think. See, I'm totally different. I'm going back, you know, some years to when I was a kid, and yeah, I wanted to like. I made some dumb, stupid decisions, like when my dad introduced yeah. me to, to Tony Williams, and I was like, who's this fool? <laughs> I wish I could just slap my face right there and be like, listen to him. You know, like, oh. my dad introduced me to Ndugu, and Ndugu was like, trying to get me to sign up for his, he had like a, like kind of like a scholarship to, for some teaching clinic that he was doing. He wanted me involved. What? And I was like, my, I could not be less interested. Oh, <laughs> Dude, my I'm God. telling you, I was so dumb when I was a what? kid, man. Hey, Phil, Phil, if you're next, go slap him in the back of the head. <laughs> oh, my God. Tony Williams and Ndugu. Yeah. I got to hang up. I'm, I'm pissed off. Now. I'm I'm no, I, oh, God. Believe me, I That's feel the same incredible. way. <laughs> I feel wow. the same way. That's why I'm going back in time to when I was like 10 or 11. And I'm just going to smack yeah. myself and be like, don't be stupid. You're going to regret this. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just, I just started a go. I just, I just started a GoFundMe campaign for you for a time machine because you got to go back. <laughs> yeah. I'm I can find right a DeLorean. I'm, I'm just 88, 88 miles an hour. I'm going. <laughs> there you go, dude. Oh, oh my God. so stupid. My dad Andy tells us, <laughs> my dad tells a story of, uh, at Nam walking around. I was a young kid and he introduces me to Tony Williams. We told this on the show, but Tony's with his, his stogie in his mouth and, and, uh, um, yeah. My dad's like, hey, I want to introduce you to my son. You know, he's a he's a drummer, aspiring drummer, and you know, he was like, hey, young man, and and I was just like, I was I was respectful. I wasn't raised to be disrespectful, yeah, but I yeah. was just like, I was like, hey, nice to meet you, sir, or whatever. I had no idea who it was. Oh god! And my dad wow. is like, do you know who that was? And I go, Dad, I didn't know. I don't know that fool. I one of the biggest regrets of my life. All right, all right. <laughs> Amazing. That's funny, man. Wow, I love it. That's so, a good yeah. story. I love that. <laughs> so I would go back and fix that little situation and uh, have a story yeah, about sure. Tony Williams instead of how I just let that one go. <laughs> Dumb That's move on my wow. part. Wow. <laughs> if not that, I might try I was, to just. You know, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> no, go ahead. No, please. You might try to. Uh, uh, I was just saying, I, I I would probably try to go back to the '60s or something, and and go and see some yeah. like real. That'd be cool. Go see Buddy Rich. Go see Tony Williams. Like yeah, when they're yeah. really. That's what I'm talking about. That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be yeah. cool. I was um I was in D- I was doing some GW stuff a couple maybe a month ago, two months ago, and I was talking to John and we're doing our thing talking, and we walk in this one room and there's a whole yellow, you know, beautiful bright yellow oh. set of DWs that were Tony's. I was just oh, oh my! Because remember, he used to have those yellow. I don't. Know, he had yellow right. and red restrooms forever, right? Had yeah, restrooms forever. Mm. And then somehow, like toward the end, you know, before he he made the transition, mm. he was became a DW guy. And they basically made the same kind of you know that kind of vibe, that kind of set in yellow DW drum. And yeah. I was just sitting there, standing by, going, "God, Mister Mister Single Stroke Roll." I'm standing right next yeah. to him. This is just, it was crazy. It was amazing. Oh you know, man, the vibe. That I was like. God, dude. I remember those. I remember those That's specific drums. So I remember rad. those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I would have touched them. I would have hugged them. 
It's been like, I'm sorry. I know, dude, I, I'm sorry for what I, I did. Know. I to get all close. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know why this thing's under my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's let's spin this again. <clears throat> let's get out of that story. Oh, that music. Yeah. Okay. All right. Phil hates this one. Sorry, Phil. It keeps coming okay. up. Uh-oh. What's the greatest accomplishment in your career? <laughs> Oh, God. Phil, I hate that one. God. <laughs> you oh, have so man. many. We're, we're just like, oh, I got to play so, like, here or whatever. <laughs> oh, stop, man. Stop. Um, greatest in my career, I guess. So my career still is going on. And I, you know, not to be cliche, but yeah. music, drums, beautiful. My little daughter, the whole nother vibe. See, the it's whole, just like Phil. Like, seeing her and, you know, that, that's the truth, though. It's like, you know, all the stuff I did, love it. Beautiful, blessed, amazing. But having my little girl in, in the bedroom next to my drum room, you know, yeah. that's where she was born, and just kind of having oh, that vibe cool. is unbelievable. And just, you know, just a little interactions and how my friends go, oh, my God, she's just like you. That's just <laughs> it just makes me. It gives me happiness and joy every day. Oh, but then thinking, great. okay, that was place marker, boom. Probably the most, um, one of the most amazing, um, uh, well, not, there's, I've been really lucky. There's been a lot of different things where I go, God, that was just, Incredible, just you know, just being around or meeting somebody or whatever. But I, um, I toured. I forget what years. Sitting down behind drums right now, but I'm not going to play. But I, I toured <laughs> with um, with Clarence Clemens for like for nice. a bunch of years, right? Uh-huh. And he was the sweetest. I mean, I, that's a whole other show. We, we, let's do another show on that one. Okay. He's, uh, just oh my god. So we're playing. We're playing in upstate New York at a place called the Stone Pony, which <laughs> is a legendary famous place where all those the boost band played right? yeah so you know we're, we're doing our sound check and we had this really killer band it was really fun and so I, I, we go back to the hotel it was this really weird hotel we come back and there's like a line around the block and i'm like you know joke with clarence i'm like dude clarence homie you're you're, you're i knew you're a gigantic but this is crazy he goes yeah you know this is my area i'm like cool so we're kind of doing our thing a band warms up and people are like yeah i think he's here and I, I didn't get it. I didn't put it all together, right? I didn't put it all together. I'm just like, okay, grooving, whatever. And so we come out, and we used to do Mercy, Mercy, Mercy. is like the first song, and Clarence did this beautiful solo. And so then we go to the, next, the second song, and I can remember it very clearly, was a song called Cadillac Ranch, which is a Bruce Springsteen song. Uh-huh. Really cool. I wasn't a huge Bruce fan, but anyway. So we're doing this jam, and uh, we're like, you know, grooving, and we break it down real low. And dude, all of a sudden, out of the audience, freaking Bruce runs up. No way. What? <laughs> and I'm like, and I guess him and Clarence knew it, but they gave each other this big, gigantic hug, and they kissed each other on the lips as strong men that what? love each other do. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and Bruce, and Bruce, dude, did like a 10-minute version of this song where I was just like in tears. Wow. And sweating to death, just like, and he was just, so, so we did this, like these songs, and he would not get off stage. And he toured with us for the next two weeks on the bus. No way. What? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. He was like hanging out. He was like hanging out and just like telling us stories and, and, and oh, it was just, and, and not because, I mean, it was, it was Bruce, you know, Bruce is Bruce, but the most intensely down to earth, cool, unpretentious, nicest dude in the wow. world, man, in the world. And I just, and, I, and him, and just, what was really amazing was just the friendship between him and Clarence. They yeah. were like the best of friends for so many years. So cut to cut to 10 years later, 
I'm in some stupid L.A. store, you know, buying a cool shirt, thinking I'm a cool dude. Then I hear this, hey, gee! I'm like, gosh, who is this? Turn around, freaking Bruce. (laughs) That's awesome. And I'm like, dude. And he goes, man, he goes, I got to tell you, I had so much fun with you back. And I was like, and I just was like, dude, you have got to be kidding me. So it was just, it was prolific, just cool, nice accomplishment as far as meeting another person that you go this person deserves every freaking thing that they've got yeah i love that man i love that that's cool cool. yeah yeah wow what another great story that's cool sorry (laughs) the wheel of of death is killing the wheel of death is on fire i like it (laughs) so well uh so everybody's heard phil and i's like great accomplishments or whatever like we've we have different ones that we say every time but quickly what's yeah i want to know Please tell me. <laughs> um yeah i don't know I'd, I'd probably say just that i well i have two kids two boys and yeah. uh oh, and wow. a lovely wife and I, I get to support them as much as i can with just playing music so yeah i think just, that's yeah. cool just being, being, being able to play music as a career is uh, it's incredible i yeah. feel yeah. like i won here here man <laughs> yeah do you, I, do you, you know I, did, I don't know and I've, I've been talking so much but do you, you guys tour, both of you tour? Do you play locally, or what, what do you guys do? I, I, I had a long career in touring, um, but I I still tour. Like, I do fly-out dates and stuff like that, and I'll take a tour if one comes along, but I I yeah. stay home mostly <laughs> now. Yeah. I have too much yeah. at, too much going on at home with, with Drum Brigade. Who did you tour with stuff. for a long time? Who was your touring day? Um, no, no one noteworthy, just a lot of, like, like ska and reggae bands. So I toured for oh, I oh, cool, a, a long yeah. time with um, a band called the Agrolites, and then I have a big band orchestra that I do I do some tours with um, called Western oh, Standard killer. Time, and then some others wow. like, like Hepcat, and yeah, just some original bands that I, I did a lot of touring with. So. Awesome, I love it. And Phil, yeah, I'm I'm mostly local. I don't I've never done yeah. any like major major big tours, but I've done like little runs here and there. But yeah, mostly stay local. As my friends say, yes. Yes, my brother. Yes. Yeah, you just today say is, yes. Phil. Today is young. Today yeah. is young. Keep that fair diddle strong. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, I guess like I always, I always, I have a couple. I think um, my my biggest career where I felt like so proud. Um, a few years ago, I had a feature article in Modern Drummer, and that was like I just mm. always wanted that since I was a kid, and felt like yeah. I was so happy about that, you know, and so I just uh, oh, that's great. That was that was a big one for me, and then um, I think I think for me these days is just having um, it, it gives me more gray hair and more frustration than anything. But like I should should be more positive. But the Drum Brigade having this podcast is a big accomplishment because we yeah. never really thought good. We just we didn't know we didn't know we didn't consider ourselves podcasters or anything like that. We just. Um, Wanted yeah. to have a platform to do what we normally do and hang out with drummers that we admire and, you know, have a voice in our community. And, and like, we figured yeah. it out as we went along. And I feel like we, we've had some really amazing drummers on our show and we can't believe <clears throat> some of the guys that come on and like yourself with, you know, big accomplishments and guys that we look up to in our community. And so that's a, that's a big accomplishment for us these days. It's really that's cool. That's killer, man. Right on. Yeah. Hats off. That's beautiful. I love that, man. Killer. Yeah. Right on. So, um, wow. well, I think we're going to, we're going to wrap 
right there. I think that's a good place to okay. to end it. We don't need to ask if you like Alien or Predator, right, Phil? Nah. Or burritos or tacos. <laughs> this is a good nah. place to end. <laughs> I like I like I like Predator tacos. How about that? Uh, there you tacos go. That sounds nice. good, actually. Um, <laughs> no, dude. You know, you guys. This is a very cool thing. Really cool format. I, I like the feel of it. Cool. I like the vibe of it. It's, it's really relaxed. But you know, you you're, you're doing you're doing some goodness. You know what I'm saying? Very guys, cool. young guys, older guys, whoever. People yeah. need to kind of have this this feeling of community and this feeling of like. There's there's other folks like us and that's really cool and it feels good and like I said let's do part two three and four absolutely and absolutely and we have we have some other other stuff we'd love to work with you on we're big on education and we're you know we're always oh, doing good, stuff good. so um, that would be wonderful if people want to get in touch with you get a hold of you see what you do what's the best way probably um, uh, I think it's GG Gonaway Instagram that's probably that's my Instagram handle okay um, Facebook obviously G Gonaway just um, you can Wikipedia you can do whatever I, I always respond to everything I answer all questions um, cool like I said I'm gonna start this online teaching thing I kind of been doing it just on my own but I'm gonna do it a little bit more formal and I'll talk nice. to you more about that but okay. also um, hey, I'll, I'll be at the NAMM show I'm sure I'll be around the DW booth at IC or Reno or somewhere I'll just be roaming around so cool. people can always walk up and say hey yo all good yeah we'd love that we'll be there and we'll we'll be hanging out we'll probably we might throw a camera in your face and be like can you give a shout out i love it <laughs> do a quick interview yeah. something like that that might be cool um of course so man really great talking to you we definitely so this is the thing about our show we don't like to do yeah. the reason why we don't do the how did you get your start tell us the history is so that we can yeah. leave it open-ended and you can come on again so Let's, oh, let's, I love it. Yeah, let's come on, hang out again. Let's do, um, let's do something like that, or maybe, maybe you and like Kirky B or something can come on and talk about playing these great pop gigs and funk gigs, you know. And all Dude, that I would stuff. love that. That would be so for cool. Sure. I would love that for sure. So I'm, I'm available, wide open, definitely into it for sure. And let, let's definitely, I got your number. Keep my number as it gets closer to them. Let's definitely talk. And you guys are killing it, Phil, Corey. Awesome. Thank you. This has been made my day. I appreciate it. Awesome. Oh, thank thank you. you. Have a good one. All right, brother. Take care. All right, cheers. Bye-bye. Man, Phil. Man, Phil. Man. <laughs> Gigi Gonaway. Dude, if all our interviews can be like that, we might have a successful show. All of our guests could be like him. You know? <laughs> Not, I mean, I feel like so far we have had, we've had know, nothing just, but great guests. I'm just trying to say that that was like rock solid. That was really good. He's a, he's a man. rock solid dude, man. Such a nice guy. Yeah. Crazy stories. <laughs> it's great. Great advice. It's great. Just super great. <laughs> I can't stop smiling. And me too. <laughs> he, was, he was really awesome, man. He was really good. Like, I don't, I, I feel like we were talking before we hit record that. I, I'm like, I know you. I know, I know you. I know we've met before. I, I don't, I don't know, but we couldn't figure it out. And um, it, maybe he just reminds me of somebody. I don't know, but um, yeah, I I feel like I've we know somebody who knows somebody that we somehow we've crossed paths or something. But he's he's a really great, solid dude, and he's an amazing drummer. Like. For real. To have that resume, you have to be an amazing drummer. Yeah, I'm gonna try that like program drum track thing. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. I just love the idea of these guys who have all these great, wonderful accomplishments. And I say it, I say it like all the time. But these incredible 
you know, accomplishments and all these things that they've done and or are doing. And they still they just come on the show and they're just drummers like we're just drummers hanging out, sharing stories, sharing ideas, sharing like concepts. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Gigi, for coming on, man. What a what a great interview. And I can't wait to have him on again. It was cool. Um, all right, Funky Phil. What's happening? What do we what do we got going on now? I, I'm starving. I want to eat. Yeah. But I have a soapbox to oh, get. Oh, it's on. almost New Year's Eve. It's almost New Year's Eve. I was gonna ask you, do you have a New Year's gig? I do. Oh boy. We're playing a big event at Viejas. Ooh, I think I've played that before. Big, big one. Yeah. Nice. I'm excited. We're gonna have a horn section. Damn. Yeah. Who, who is it? Chris Chris uh, Lee? No. Rob Dove? Nope. Uh I forget all their names. <laughs> um but not not those dudes. Yeah. There's some guys that um Cassie and Ryan know through Ryan's dad. Okay. <clears throat> um they're great though. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good show. That's good. How about you? Uh yeah, I'm playing I'm playing on a boat. Um That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh we uh we did it the same same thing last year, except we were like on the cruise for we were on a cruise for like four days. Uh-huh. And um, this time we're not going out. We're just Which playing band? on the boat. This is the, with the Schmucky Metals. The Schmucky Metals. Nice. Yeah. So um, I don't think I'm going to be doing a Schmucky Metals gig next year uh, because they're talking about lowering our fees. And what? that's all because of one dude, which I'm not happy about. I don't want to get on that soapbox. What? But I don't get paid like a normal fee for a New Year's gig. I'll keep my butt home. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, that's crazy. And I like I basically charge like an absurd amount for a New Year's Eve gig. Yeah. Um it, I mean it's like quad like triple or quadruple scale for me. Yeah. Um and it should be. Everybody should be getting paid that much. Yeah. But I've had people go, "Hey man, can you play like can you play Paula?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> like the fee is like the same. And it's like a different night. Yeah. Sorry, but no, you're not going to get a band for that cheap. Or I've had people go, hey, like I had somebody ask me la- like two years ago, hey, my friend is getting married and they want Shuffle and Bang to play. Like they're getting married on New Year's Eve. Oh. I'm like, it's a wedding and it's on New Year's Eve. I'm oh. like, no. And I'm like, well, what's their budget like? Well, they don't have a big budget. And I'm like, then they don't have a band. You're not going to get a band on New Year's Dude, Eve. Dude, I did a I did a wedding on a New Year's Eve once too. Yeah, that one paid well, but it's so weird. If you're dumb <laughs> enough to get married, th- that's like this new fad to have your wedding be on New Year's Eve because it's a big celebration and all this stuff, bro. If you're that stupid to plan your wedding, you better be able to afford it. Don't don't plan your wedding on New Year's Eve if you're not going to be like, oh, well, we don't have a big budget, so well then you don't want a band. <laughs> yeah. But then you know what ruins it is there's stupid bands out there that are just like, we just want a gig, and then they take the money, and then it ruins it for all of us. <laughs> I told you I wasn't getting on that soapbox. <laughs> okay, sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, but yeah, so we're playing on some some cruise. It'll it'll just be a whatever gig, but nice. Um, yeah, and then I'm also I'm playing tonight. Um, Woo. And so that's cool, but yeah, it's, showcase or a different thing. No, no, no. I'm I'm playing with Jasmine again. She's nice. taught me a lot of gigs, man. That's rad. Um, so yeah, spe- talking about that time question, she's um, I recommended like she was like, oh, we need some drummers, and then um, like I was telling her she likes the way that I feel, like my drums feel, and she's like, we've used other guys that just weren't like on the level 
which I understand like is it's um if you get like a guy that just doesn't know how to play the tunes or whatever, it's it's hard. Um, but she's like, I said, well, I have a bunch of guys that I call. Like I mentioned you, I mentioned Kevin Aguchi, and she's like, well, I'm understanding that I'm like it's really hard for me to find somebody I like. But maybe if you can find somebody that plays like you and I'm like, well, I'm me like, you know, and Bill's yeah. Phil and like Kevin's and they're, we're, they're all great drummers. They're, they're easily can handle your gig. She's like, well, I need the energy, like the feel she's talking about the, you know, that feel of like, I play really on top for these pop gigs. And, um, <clears throat> but then you play like really laid back. You can play on top, but you play like laid back. Right. Don't it's you? A, it depends on the gig. I mean, so on the pop stuff, I'm usually playing on top because yeah. that's what people dance to. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe I'll just have her call you then. But yeah. she's like, she's a, uh, I don't know, <laughs> like Kevin Kevin Aguchi's like a he's a jazz dude, but he plays like punk. Uh-huh. So he plays like with a lot of energy and a lot of aggression. Or I can hear I've heard him play like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, he's also very busy, like both with work and and with playing like you can play a lot of fills and stuff so i don't know man i'm like i think these guys are great drummers they're my first call for subs you know and and there's other guys i know that can play but they're not then their attitude sucks you know or they're like they're they like i recommended one other guy i said well try this guy and she's like oh he refuses to play electronic drums which rightly so I agree with you, but dude, do you want money? Do you hate money? You're saying you hate money. Dude, that's like a lot of the good paying work. Well, dude, what does it matter? Just play your stupid gig and like, it's not like you're going to, this is a career move. Yeah. You'll be able to pay your rent. Just play the freaking gig. I refuse to play electronic drums. Don't you think I want to refuse to play electronic drums? I hate electronic drums. I mean, I guess if you're in the situation where you can afford to refuse it. Dude, he's not. No. He's not. He's being petty. Okay. Get over yourself. (laughs) Gosh. She's like, I asked him. He said he wouldn't do it. I'm like, what? And then you're going to complain? You're going to complain. How come you don't call me for work? Dude, take work then. People call you, you say no. It's not my fault. That's funny. All right, anyways. Let's let's keep the show positive. Anyways. You got me. I ain't trying to hear that right now. You're about to say something so positive. I huh? thought you were like, yeah, let's be positive. <laughs> All right, this soapbox. I mean, we what? might as well just do it. Let's get it out of the way. What happened? All right, look, man. This soapbox is about jazz musicians. Uh-oh. Not Tony Williams, right? I love Tony Williams. <laughs> um, I have this problem, man. Okay, look. So I did this gig. I, I, okay, I don't know where to start. A few weeks ago, I did this gig with... I did this gig with my big band. Mm-hmm. All the horn players are like... I don't know if they're jazz guys, but they're like the top-level working horn players. Okay. Yeah. I assume they all play a lot of jazz. Yeah. Horn players love jazz. Yeah. I love jazz. Well, that's where they get to be the lead singer. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. We play this gig. Um, Will and Grace wrap-up party. Yeah. It's like pretty high-end corporate event, if you ask me. Uh-huh. Um, but the gig is so easy, dude. Nice. It's so easy. Okay, yeah, you have to go through a gate and get on the back lot at Universal Studios and... 
it's a TV thing. It's not on TV, but it's like a TV gig. You got to be there. It's, but it's not like crazy. Okay. There's like, it's just a corporate event. All of us, everyone in that band does corporate events. Okay. We all do it. It's, it is what it is. It's a two hour, it's a two set gig, two 45 minute sets. Okay. Easy peasy. Easy. Damn. Um, we load in, like we have to be there at horn players load in at six or six 30 sound check at six 30. We play at seven, seven to eight, seven 45. We're supposed to play again at eight to eight 45. Okay. Now me, I kind of take things into perspective. I kind of go off the schmucky metals model of like, okay, look, if this is a, a four hour gig, my lot of time to be here is five hours, right? Anything over five hours, I'm expecting to get overtime. Yeah. Because that's a long day, five hour gig. Or if I'm getting, if I agree to it, I agree to it though. But things happen, you know, stuff, stuff goes sideways, whatever, whatever. So, um, this gig, we, we play for two hours, you know, and we, 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 you only have to be there 30 minutes before sound check, give or take. Um, we play our sets, we get fed. We, we can open bar, can have as much drinks as you want. I know that shouldn't be part of the pay. That's not part of the pay. That's not part of the deal. I get it. But it's a nice party, man. Okay, you can take some cool Instagram photos, whatever, whatever. Just chalk it up to whatever. Okay, well, this is their party. Everybody is, like, feeling in the moment and nostalgic and, like, the Will and Grace people are just, like, this is, they just wrapped up the show completely. It's not like a season wrap-up. It's like the show is done. Yeah. Everybody's... Big. It's a big event. Yeah, it's a big event. Everybody's drinking. Everybody's eating. Everybody's having fun. They're enjoying their last moments together. They're caught up in the moment of their thing. Okay, well, what happens? Not everybody shows up on time because they apparently they were like filming that day, the last episode. Everybody goes and changes. They get back to the studio, and then they come in, and they have their after party. <clears throat> so we're already playing. There's no one really in there. And we're, we're playing, and... There's a few people in there. People start mingling, coming in. We finish on time. And then it's kind of like everybody's scattered around drinking, eating, and everything. So the guy, the producer of the show, makes this announcement that we're gonna we're gonna, you know, start the festivities in a, in 15 minutes or whatever. So, like I said, we play from seven to seven forty-five. We're supposed to start again at eight. It's only supposed to be like a 15, 20 minute break. They don't even start this festivities until like after that time (laughs) so like so then they get up and they start giving their speeches you know it's been a great you know 11 years you know whatever and and you guys are so great and blah 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 blah, and everybody's you know giving accolades and then we'd like to introduce the actor and then the actor comes up and he gives this long 10 15 minute speech and you know this has been a big move for my career and thank you so much for everything that you've done for me and my family and blah 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 blah. and then this guy then the 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 creators of the show come up and give their speech then they have to play like a b-roll thing that's like all the outtakes that they had for these this whole season or through the years and that's like 20 30 minutes (sighs) and so the night keeps getting pushed back further and further and so we're starting our second set when we should be ending oh it's another 45 minute set but at the end of the day, you've still only been there an extra 45 minutes. An extra 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, dude, these guys are throwing a fit. Really? They're texting the band leader. So we're getting overtime, right? How much overtime are we getting? What's up with overtime? And it's like, dude, just relax, bro. Just like, 
have a beer, get some freaking chicken or whatever you eat, and just chill out for a second. It's 45 minutes, dude. And it's not like it's you've been here at f- five hours or more. That's yeah. usually the industry standard to when you start getting overtime. And they don't, they're horn players, so they dude, get to show up like you, right before sound check. You take your mouthpiece off, you put it in its case, and you dip out. Yeah, yeah, they they get to pack up quicker yeah. too. Okay, after our forty five minutes, I'm still there for another hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or half an hour packing up my stuff and trying to go get my car, and I have to go out of the gate and then back in the gate, and you know I have to show my ID, all this crap, just to get my drums loaded. These fools are all complaining, all of them. Ugh. And like it's like the then the band leader is like furious and he's like all upset he can never ever enjoy a gig he can never just be like in the moment and be like i'm so stoked to play with my band that i created instead he's like at his limit of stress for all these fools going i need i need overtime this needs to, uh, you're you're already getting paid well like what the heck are you talking about overtime you're not even here overtime just because we said the gig ended at 9 you're yeah. complaining that you're not getting overtime that's crazy. And then, so we play, we play the last set. We start at like nine, eight forty-five or nine. Okay, we play, and guys are just like phoning it in. They're just missing cues on the sheet music. They're just, they're so consumed with getting overtime that they're just botching the gig. Uh. And then no one's even, dude. No one cares that we're there. As soon as they they got done with their speeches, everybody left. And so everybody was in the back room at the bar. No one was watching us, dude. Like a few, they're not into that kind of music. You know, they just brought a big band in for the wow factor. Yeah. But they're not, they're, they're, and even if we were playing, even if we, we, we were an artist or something, like they, they don't care. It's all about them that night. It's all about, I'm like, take that into consideration. It's their. Your hired ambiance. Yes. That's it, it. Take it in. It's, this isn't about you. It's not about our band. Yes, we are used to playing headlining gigs for thousands of people, ch- shouting our name, you know, and this isn't that. This is a corporate gig. Maybe they don't do that many corporate gigs. <laughs> and so I, go, I, I, I kept <laughs> that saying that. That sounds like how every corporate gig goes. Like, uh, So people, people don't realize, like, I think people like that that know me, listen to the show, whatever, they think I'm like always on a soapbox. That's not how I am. Like I, I do the soapbox on the show. Yes, I do complain about things here and there. But when I'm on a gig, I try to keep it professional so I can get hired again. Yeah. So I'm like I don't I, I you know, I don't I don't like when people try to get something for free. Like I hate that. Uh-huh. But I, this wasn't that situation. This was like their night. We were hired on to do a job, provide a service, be background music, and that's what we did. Unfortunately, things happen. So you can't be a little bit flexible, just a little. 45 minutes is that precious to you? What else are you doing? Are you running to another gig? Because if you got to run to another gig, it ain't like this is a 20-piece orchestra. Just dip out. Yeah, that that seems within the the realm of reason. I'm like... I mean, I understand. (laughs) Like, I, I understand, like, maybe... I don't know if any of them have kids, but yeah. Okay. You pay for a babysitter again. Hey man, I can't stay. I got to go at nine. Yeah. I would be like, all right, man, later. Yeah. It ain't like anybody cares, but hounding. It's not about that. It's not about, Hey, I got to go. Yeah. It's about, Hey, I need overtime. Yeah. I need more money. Uh huh. Dude, get over yourself. <laughs> get over yourself. Okay. A couple weeks later, this isn't like as serious, but 
it's just the vibe, dude. I played I played uh, uh, Thursday last week, full jazz. Like this is like full swing, like straight ahead swing in jazz. Yeah, nice. I was nervous, but I start realizing that I get nervous. It's not because I can't play jazz. I know I can play jazz, but I'm not like that's not my forte. That's not like hey, this is what I do. Like I can play. I can play it, but I'm not like, I'm not going to be in modern drummer for the world's greatest jazz drummer. Okay. These guys were all very nice. They were all very like complimentary and very like, man, you sound great. You have such a great feel for this stuff. And I'm like telling them, yeah, you know, I just, I struggle with it. I, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, I, I don't like telling musicians. I don't like saying it out loud, but you know, I, I really struggle with feeling like I'm playing this, doing this music justice. And, but dude, the okay so what my soapbox is about this situation isn't that they were complimentary and they were great man this band was incredible like really solid and i just was so happy to be playing jazz but what i'm saying is you walk in like i i play these gigs every week with these musicians that it's such a great vibe like playing with james east and playing with lee lee and playing with marcel and all these guys it's it's so kickback and so fun and the, the the vibe is so good that you can't help but like play your best because it's encouraging it's infectious it's like there's room for error but it's not like so rigid and regimented and like it's got to be perfect or we're you know and i show up to this jazz gig and it's just like i feel like i'm choking you know, like I feel like I've tied a tie on my neck and I'm just like tightening it and tightening it and tightening it huh. because everything is just so jazz musicians are so they're too serious, man. Come on. Loosen up. Weird. Loosen up. Like, I don't like being vibed. I don't I, I like walking to a gig and be like, hey, man, how's it going? I'm, I'm Corey. Nice to meet you. I don't like being like looking like who's this guy? I've never seen him before. Can he actually play this stuff? Oh, and I, I don't know if that's what they were thinking, but that's what it feels like. Maybe they were nervous. And, well, either way, why, <laughs> why do you take this so serious? We're not playing. This isn't a career move gig, man. We're just playing at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And like, I, and it's like every song, they got to pull up a chart. Every song it's like, okay, what key is that in? And then no, this isn't the feel. The feel has to be like this. And it's like, dude, come on. Seriously. Yeah. The, the ending has to be tight. The, the like, oh, just uh, make sure you do like the first eight bars for the intro. And it's like, dude, come on. Like, you're good. We all get, we're, you're a great musician. We all know you're a great musician. So let's just play and have fun playing music. Let's not take it that serious. Yeah. Every jazz gig I've ever done feels like that. Huh. Where I'm, I, I'm on my toes. I'm like, this is this is very serious. I'm taking myself serious. I, my, this is my craft, and I have to I have to <laughs> show you that I can. I'm the I'm one of the best, <laughs> you know. And don't don't mess up the form, okay? Make sure you're following along. It, you know, it's like really. You think that's what they were doing back in the day? It's that serious. These guys, these jazz musicians, man, just come on, get over yourself, loosen up a little bit. <laughs> You don't need overtime, dude. You're getting paid well for this gig. Be happy you got a gig. Nobody complains more than jazz musicians. Bitter jazz musicians, dude. And then you you wonder why you don't have all these gigs. 
You know, you make fun of people that play cover gigs or you make fun of rock musicians or whatever, but then you go five minutes over the time that you were told and you want overtime. <laughs> you make every musician feel inferior when you show up to a gig. Like you don't mess up. You, you, you can read, right? Like, you know, it's like, will you relax? Just calm yourself. Uh-huh. Sheesh. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear that right now. All right. Now, now I don't know if every situation is like that. That's just how I feel. Yeah. Well, I've, I've worked with plenty of jazz musicians that are really chill and cool. And no, you haven't, easy Phil. Going. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Not like me, but well, I'm I've, real But jazz. I have worked with like what you're talking about and people that are very, that can be judgy or like uh, very uptight think about, about things. Think but about that in I'm like, just saying there's, there's a spectrum, I feel like. If I went to Smalls and I was like, let me sit in, they're going to be like, all right, cool. Let's play this at 300 BPM just to, just to test me that I can swing that fast. Like they'll say specifically. Yes. I've I've, heard so many stories. There's no chance I'm sitting in at Smalls. I've never played with anyone that does stuff like that. Dude, you can't just go and sit in at Smalls. Like you have to be able to be one of the dudes. It's very, very like judgmental and intimidating. And mm. once you prove yourself, then you're accepted. So what has happened to me? Well, I don't know that for sure. I don't live in New York. I, I'm, maybe I'm just, that's just what it feel, feels like to me. But I've heard stories of like, like other musicians going in and being like, hey, it's a jazz club. I sit in at jazz clubs all the time. I'm going to jump in. And they're like, what do you want to play? And then you call a tune. They're like, no, that's whack. Okay, well, what else do you want to play? All right, well, let's play the, you want to play a blues? Oh, no, that, come on. All right, then fine. Let's do this tune, and then they count it off. Like, and you're like, what the heck? Like, why do that to people? Yeah, the music is supposed to be enjoyable. What are you trying to prove? That you can jazz really hard, bro. It's not that important to me anymore, dude. So what has happened to me? I go into every situation like that where I go to Rosie O'Grady's on Monday and I'm like, oh, crap, I can't sit in. I, I don't know how to play jazz. Thinking that everybody's going to vibe the crap out of me like that. Not everybody's like but that. But not everybody's like that. But that, but the, the normal mentality for jazz, especially old school jazz musicians, horn players in particular, bro, you know it is like that. Yeah, I don't the know. The real heavy jazz dudes are like that. You're not jazz enough like us. Okay. <laughs> Every gig is not good enough. Bro, get over it. Get over it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm making some big claims here. I don't know if they're 100% true, but for for soapbox purposes, like let's just assume that what I'm saying is true, okay? Um, I'm going to have so many horn players mad at me. Oh, man. It's not totally like that. I'm exaggerating a little bit. Yeah. A lot of it, okay? But, like, that's just what it felt like. There's, I was irritated with that that Will and Grace gig. There, I mean, I understand. There can definitely be... I've had, you know, I've had plenty of experiences where it's been, like, that like that bad vibe of yeah. prestige. You right. Know? And, like... Get oh, get out of here. I've, I know what you mean. And I've, I've experienced it as well. You know what? I feel like there's... There's also a lot of really cool dudes that are not like that at all. You know, the the and funny dudettes, thing is, I should say. Okay, so a lot of those guys in the in the big band have come into our world where we could easily have like my world of like ska and reggae where I can easily have that same attitude of like prestige and authenticity and stuff cuz most of the time, like 99% of the time these guys are not playing this music right. Yeah. And 
when you what happens when I go hey you know you guys this isn't jazz you don't have to swing everything you don't have to play way behind you the don't beat. have to play like almost a 16th note behind the beat <laughs> that drives me nuts it, why do horn players do that <laughs> like on pop gigs like uh, playing like earth wind and fire licks yeah. way behind the beat I'm like no dude it drives me <laughs> crazy and so I'm always like hey staccato on the beat or on top of the beat and it's always like they're looking at me like, dumb drummer, you don't know how to count. <laughs> like, Dude, get over yourselves. Gosh. Oh. Dumb drummer. You know what? Do you actually know what notes are or rhythm? I mean, we do play the caveman instrument. Yeah, whatever, dude. You don't, you know, it's just whatever. Oh my gosh. Anyways, it's. It's cool. Those gigs were both actually wonderful gigs, and I, I was so happy to play a jazz gig, man. I was, like, so happy to play jazz. Just felt like, I feel like, I still feel like it's what's, what's in my head is not coming out, but I feel like there has been some vast improvement on my playing for jazz. Because nice. I've been working on it. Like, I've been working on, like, comping and, and feel and being comfortable, and... um. I'm not by no means am I where I where I feel like I want to be or like what's in my head. But do you ever get there? I don't ever. I don't. I've, I'm not where I want to be on any of my playing. But no, I th- um, I'm pretty sure it's a it's a never ending struggle, right? But I do feel <laughs> like a little bit more confidence and feel a little bit more like, hey, this feels good, man. Like, yeah, I, I wish I can do this more often. If I could do this once a week, I would be like way better at this. So, yeah. But one thing that I consistently get, you know, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm just saying a lot of the jazz, like heavier jazz guys are like, man, you have the right feel for this music. Like, which tells me there is room for improvement. Like you have one thing dialed, but you need some room. You need some improvement on some other stuff, you know, but having the right feel is like half the battle, right? If If you're like, I've gone to jams where I'm like, oh boy, like this guy is concentrating way too much on like rudiment you know, fills instead of like spangalang. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get the spangalang right. Yeah. So <laughs> um so yeah, that was that was that. But I was really stoked on that. So um yeah, anyways, um you played some gigs too, right? Yeah. Over the over the vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I did them the got to play at the moonshine again. Oh yeah. I love those places, man. Man, I wanna try I, I feel like every club Every club owner in San Diego should go there and yeah. just take notes. Is that an OB? PB? They've got one in PB and they've got one downtown. Okay. I and, think um, uh, it's just like, I mean, you, the it's, you have to go there. The sound check is kind of early because once they open the doors, they don't want, you, you get a private sound check. Nice. Um, and it's, they're good. It's like good sound. Yeah. But, um, once they they would like to open the doors and get the crowd warmed up and they do like line dancing crazy like, lessons and like oh yeah get people loose and by the, the time, time you play it's good. it's a party yeah. yeah and they you know you don't play that long <clears throat> one of I think we do an hour and a half straight oh at, that's at, cool and one of them and the other one's two hours nice um but yeah you got you got a green room you get a meal wow it pays well like it's dang it's great. <laughs> that's cool they should do that you know what they should do is do the showcases there um 
instead of Tin Roof. Tin Roof is good, but I absolutely hate the food at Tin Roof. It's like garbage. <laughs> yeah, I don't get the food there. Garbage food, man. And then like, and they got rid of. There was like they had like one vegetarian. They had like the avocado mush- tacos, or they had like a mushroom burger there. Oh, they did. Yeah, but the or a sandwich, and they got rid of it. I used to always get the avocado tacos. They would like fry them like fish oh, tacos. Oh yeah, so good. They got rid of them. They got rid of them. No reason. Just got rid of them. And I was like, do you have anything vegetarian? They're like, when I was vegan, it was like, I was getting so mad because there was nothing. Oh, yeah. I'd get like tater tots. (laughs) It's so gross. Um, So I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm hungry. Let's wrap it up. Um, First things first. Um, Funky Phil and I will be at NAMM show. Yeah. If you see us, come up and say hello. Snap a picture. Have us sign an autograph. We'll sign babies, whatever. Just kidding. Uh, make us feel like rock stars so we can feel like we're accomplishing something. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, if you want some whiskey, I got you. Um, Phil, I know you won't be partaking, but everybody else will. Uh, so, yeah, if you see us at NAM on the reel, come up, say hello, and, like, let's hang out. Um, Funky Phil is playing at NAM show. Yeah. Saturday during the day right one o'clock one o'clock on the big stage big stage yes so come and watch funky phil play don't make fun of me he's not no one's gonna do that phil it's a camaraderie <laughs> over competition it's a brotherhood of drums we support each other i'm gonna play congas and drums at the same, the same time. time yeah like horacio um el negro dude not like that but thanks <laughs> to molly solos with one hand and then no. playing clave with your other no. um yeah, uh, so Funky Phil is playing. I'll be hanging out there right before I leave early to go to, to Supercross. Woo! <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, I'll be probably like steadily buzzed the whole time. I don't care what you think. Don't judge me. I'm not judging. Okay. Um, I already got the badges, yes. so we are going for sure. Nice. Um, I got a badge. Yeah. I told not you. Not a drum brigade badge, which is weird. Well... I know, I know. I was able to get, yeah, you know, I, we, yeah. It still says Funky Phil. All right, that's cool. So yeah, okay. If you see us, come say hello. Don't don't be like, oh my god, that's them. I can't say hi. Corey's gonna get on a soapbox. It's not like that. We're like really happy to see our community and people who, especially people who listen to this show. So, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, other than that, guys, um, please check out our merch on our website um it'll take you to the merch store you can get any of our stuff in any color and like dude if you guys are representing at nam that would be be killer oh yeah (laughs) so um anyways i mean that's just like a shameless request but yeah Corey will give you a big hug big hugs Uh big hugs you might see me really awkward like People, there's you, a good chance. You hear me it's on the show? High probability. High probability that you might see me be like, "Oh, hey, man," <laughs> and then just like kind of dip out. I'm, I'm like, I'm very, very socially awkward, guys. I'm just telling you the truth. Like, I admit it. I, I, I get real nervous. <laughs> it's true. Um, or you might just see me dancing. I don't know, singing, acting a fool. This is the last one of the year. Last one of the year. We will see you guys next year. Woo! Um, we got a guest, so we're okay. We're taking off a couple weeks, but we do have a show right after Nam, Phil. Yeah, yeah, sweet. The Monday after Nam, yeah, the twentieth. 
we already have a guest scheduled. Yeah? So, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, dude plays with Seal. Baby! Yeah, that's a hard song to play. Uh, so, man, yeah, he says he's coming on. He's a buddy of mine. Sick. Great, great drummer. Um, anyways, this is show 67. I'm Corey Kingston. Funky Phil over there. Thank you so much to Gigi Gonaway for coming on today. Go follow him, Gigi Gonaway, on Instagram. Um, yeah. Take advantage of all of our stuff. Right, Phil? Yeah. Yeah, let's go eat. Funky Phil, Corey Kingston, Drum Brigade Podcast. Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening to the Drum Brigade Podcast. Just so you know, you can hit up our archives at drumbrigade.com and listen to some great interviews with drummers like Stan Bicknell. My connection to drumming is like, uh, it's almost on the spiritual level in terms of how I feel connected to it. So it's, it's not even a question whether I play or not. It's just a matter of how I have it in my life because I have to play. Right. Um, and so going forward, uh, having my boy just made me knuckle down on any decision to do with financial stability, but then also gave me that drive to push harder in terms of my own personal development and practice and whatnot. And to be honest, I mean, I'm 35 now, and I would say that my drive for drumming is the strongest that it's ever been. Kirky B, Kirk Biscara. So I use his sticks. I go in there and played that song, The Bird, and um, oh, Jungle Love. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and um, Morris Day sat at the end of the couch after I played and said, you want a job? No way. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, I, and I said, yeah. <laughs> Timbo from Kino. Tim Baltes. I had to walk. I was walking back from the grocery store because my brother got pissed that I ate all the asparagus. So I, had, I, I ate like two pounds of asparagus this morning. <laughs> and it was so good. I had to go and buy a couple more pounds for him so he wasn't a Debbie Downer the rest of the week. Oh. <laughs> My pee smells like nuclear waste, all right? <laughs> Mike Dawson. The first time I subbed for him, you know, I don't, I don't know how often you guys get in fights, but that feeling of tunnel vision when you're like, all right, I'm, I'm going to, like, defend myself right now. Yeah. That, that where the whole world just kind of turns into a laser beam. That that was like three hours of the show. Like, <laughs> I, thought I, was, I was in, like, a fight with Broadway for, wow. like, three hours. Oh, <laughs> oh, Mark DiCiani. That single sentence or two started me on the path over the last 10, 12 years of doing research in areas that include neuroscience, neurology, cognitive psychology, genetics, brain lateralization, brain plasticity, because the way that we as drummers develop motor skills is really no different than how a dancer develops motor skills and or how athletes develop skills. And so our brains, our nervous systems, our bodies work the same way. Tosh the drummer. Guess what? I got three drum solos in the show. Three. <laughs> what? <laughs> three drum solos. Oh, my gosh. I, I, we opened the show with a drum solo. Wow. And we, and then the, right before the encore, we did, I did like a, like a five-minute drum solo. Dude. And he never once, this is the only gig I've ever had that he never once told me to change anything. I showed up and I played. I didn't, like, they told me they were like, don't learn the music exact because we're going to change it. Uh-huh. And that's kind of what they did. They like they changed it, and I played along, and I just figured it out. And 
Like, they never once critiqued anything I did. Tim Fig Newton. I play a lot of doubles and singles, man. (laughs) Um, I just try to get them clean enough to where I can, you know, kind of just float around the kit and do whatever I want. I, I gravitate towards, like, weird sounding patterns. And, and, and things that aren't normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, people always come up to me and they're like, oh, your approach is so different. Like, how do you think to phrase the, these things like that? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just what I hear. But, just, you know, that's what comes out. Fredo Ortiz. So he shows me some licks and he's like, you'll be all right, man. It's just like, do your thing. He's like, actually, he's like, you're going to get to be free to do whatever you want. It doesn't seem like they're asking you to... Like, you know, do anything specific because all the music you're doing is pretty much, you know, just Latin jazz, like improv and, and jamming and just, you know, keeping it mellow. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, and, and I took that and, and totally did not have to apply any of that when the first show came about, which was uh, Australia and I think Melbourne. So the, the, the first tour, like, straight sent me to Australia for oh three weeks for <laughs> another two weeks in, in Eastern Asia. So that was my first time out of the country doing wow. music, you know? I mean, besides um, Yeska, like Yeska went to Finland and stuff, but okay. this was, like, seriously, like, my first time. I went with the BC Boys, and they were headlining oh my this God. festival. <laughs> That's awesome. 